start in the middle of hello the, the, everyone the, the, it's the, time for hotline league this week mark zimmerman won't shut up and so i have to talk over him to start the show because he's my constant co-host let me introduce him right now mark zimmerman how's it going it's going great. We're having such a good time. Travis is just not letting us have a good time. Oh just my talking god! Yeah, with my Mark, friends. Who, at, after just the show at friends. exactly nine p.m. Pacific, Mark starts panicking. He goes into the sheer thing. I can sense his yeah. stress coming across Discord and Skype, and he's just like, "We got to wrap up the show. We got to wrap up the show. We got to wrap up the show." And yeah, for he, some reason, we go to like nine twenty every weekend. He, yeah, because for some reason, you won't let me start the show on time. Oh yeah, it's we're starting at seven ten because of my problem. Let's right? be clear here: the person who was talking at the beginning of the show was Mark Zimmerman. Our guest this week is none Hi. other than Jat Leesman. That's what we're going with. Is that what? Cool. Is that how you like to be called? You you got rid of Joshua. Joshua, right? Like it's Josh? just Jat now. Uh, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people call me Josh. I thought Joshua. you changed your full first name to Jat. To Jat. No. 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 Okay, well, I'll update though. I know. I'm just kidding. Um, I just typed in. I think I was going to type in Jat, and then I just went with your last name, and I needed to change it back. No, to oh, us. you're giving me the low. Oh, Jat. I mean, Jat Leesman, it's That's fine. Like, no one's going to get confused. I'm fixing it. I'm fixing it. Okay. okay. We got to get you get golfing spots here. They're going to be very confused. I would love any type of golfing bag, club, ball. What about Kelby? We're talking finder. to Kelby today. Let Kelby know. Yeah. Is, does yeah. Hunter T do? They do all this like golfing stuff. Have they gotten any free? Has Nate they have getting free stuff? They have, but I think truly gave them like a TrackMan golf simulator, which uh, is like forty grand. You but wanted he's Nate shot. okay, yeah. You, so but different. you want specifically to be sponsored by golfing brands. I just want go yeah, sure. Free golfing stuff. <laughs> yes. Okay. If anybody is watching right now and you work for a golf brand or you're listening later on or you're catching it on YouTube. Uh, please. I would love to shill that golf stuff. Yeah, just even if you're like stuff. a local golf shop in the yeah. Los Angeles area, I'm sure. Jack will give you guys a shout out. PSG Talon free stuff. They sent me the shirt along with a bunch of other cool things that Kobe and I still. He got some stuff too. I have to shout them out beyond this, but they make really great merch. I'm a huge PSG Talon merch fan. All right. Speaking of sponsors, we're gonna shout out Grubhub and Alienware because they actually do spend money sponsoring the show so they deserve some attention as well we'll talk more about them later on uh but mark we normally do like a bit of a catch-up with you and what you've been doing and uh i just want to uh, hear hear this out because uh jet was saying that you tweeted about tv or something and nor we always talk about media at the beginning of this so what do you got uh so i did like a little roundup because i watched a lot over the long weekend i watched the bear stranger things spy family tragedy girls summer of 84 and the boys and i just tweeted out a bunch of That's well so, so like the boys was only one episode stranger things was a couple uh spy family was a couple the bear was the whole show and then some of those were movies you know so like in the end it's probably only like 15 hours of tv and movies is that Did a you lot watch players three Did days players was players yeah. was uh, on thursday this is okay. this is from i think saturday sunday monday yeah something okay good anyways seen, they're all they're all good uh, yeah stranger things was good do you have to do you have to watch uh the bear on hulu yeah okay do you Soon have enough no i'll get it though i'll get it I do feel like it's, everybody's it's talking really good. about it. Um, uh, I saw Fionn tweeting about it. I think it's it's super good. I, I think anyone 
should like it though. I was surprised one person who works at the LCS didn't like it. I think less Ooh. of them now. Call really? it. Okay. Well. Boom. Okay. Let's uh, let's talk about actually some. So on this episode, we will be discussing many things, including uh, week three of the LCS. Mark Zimmerman sat down with me last week and he said, Travis, you got to be more positive. There's a bunch of really great things to talk about in the LCS. Uh, I think things are getting better. The games have been great, getting great. And then Saturday happened. um, And (laughs) one noted influencer said that it was. Like being literally tortured was that what Dominate tweeted? I forget. He said something. That I was mean, that's weird. really surprising coming from Dom because he's usually so positive, right? <laughs> I, just, I was just I messaged Mark about that. I'm like, at least I'm not tweeting literally torture. Uh, <laughs> but but Mark, but I Travis mean, used this to feel vindicated. No, 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 no. I did not use it to feel vindicated. I just it was funny because I know Mark had been hyping up LCS so much lately. And, and I want to say that I do think it's getting, there's been a lot of good stuff, but it was just ironic because he had this big like pep talk motivational speech with me on Wednesday or Thursday. And then I think most people's opinions of Saturday's games were that they were boring and terrible. Um, they were fucking awful. We can be honest about it. I'm not trying to lie. I think, I think what was funny is looking yeah. at this day of games, I was like, Saturday's going to be a banger. Sunday's going to suck. Thank God I'm not on Sunday. So I can Sunday be on was the good. Game. Sunday was good. I was so yeah. mad. I thought Saturday was going to be the good day, and then you got the good day, and I got the snoozer day. Yeah, you got wrecked. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I think my point still stands. The LCS is fun to watch now. I think there are a lot of cool upsets on a Saturday, but mm-hmm. or excuse me, Sunday. Can't speak. What was weird is for how boring the weekend felt to on like Reddit and Twitter to talk about it. That was actually really had a lot of things that were interesting. Like when I did the the JLXP with Raz. We were going through the topics and we thought, wait a minute, I thought this week sucked, but there's actually so much interesting things. So, yeah, uh, I, I sh- you know, thank, thanks for shoulder content, I guess. But you do want the games to actually not elicit that reaction. So that could improve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the really the highlight, I think, was probably I mean, you guys tell me, but the Golden Guardians EG or not. Um, yeah. Golden Guardians EG match with that draft, I thought was really entertaining. That was, a, a uh, that, that was a good one. I think Dig beating TSM and FlyQuest beating C9 were interesting. Um, I think Saturday's TL 100 game was not super exciting because TL just kind of rolled over and died. But at least, like, I think it. everyone but EG feels like they're kind of in the middle, except for Immortals. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's still, like, some striation within that, like, pack in the middle, but it still feels close enough that anyone can kind of take games off anyone. TL lost to TSM, who then lost to Dig kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about uh, this weekend's games. There's also been a, um, a little bit of news. Uh, if you live in Canada, you got fucked this past week. I'm sorry. There is no worlds for you. Uh, you will be oh, yeah. going to, unless you want to fly to Atlanta, you will not be able to watch uh, semifinals in your country. And that's, that's super uh, bummer news. I remember back in... 2015 or something like that i was making a big deal about the fact that it was called north america league championship series and then they did mm-hmm. and they hadn't done canada and then they did a couple great canada events we did toronto and uh vancouver and i was really excited to go back again this year um even though toronto's kind of boring and i i'm very bummed that this ended up happening so jet how how badly yeah. did you take it as a can- canadian what was the reaction I mean, from it's canada? uh it's a covid thing right yeah I would, if I had to guess. Well, I think it's like a visa. They're just, it's the travel. Yeah, it's just like, hey, by the way, these are different yeah. countries. So it's really going to create, I, I mean, it sucks. 
It definitely sucks. Canada, the Canadian crowd when we did LCS finals there in, I think it was 17, 2017, yeah. was so insane. I think maybe that and Madison Square Garden are the two best finals crowds I've experienced in LCS. So big bummer, but also like super understandable. And I know Canadians are pretty chill, so I don't think they're that mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that seemed to be the reaction. Everybody was just very polite. Uh, yeah. Vulcan in the chat says, give Montreal LCS finals fat. Then he said fast. So they wanted to get the LCS finals fat and fast, I guess. Is his, the, the Americans taking over his brain. The, <laughs> yeah. the lard is wrapping around his cortex. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, I would love to see. Uh, I, I really hope that we get like an LCS finals next year in uh, Canada. One of them is spoken for, I think. New Jersey is either spring or summer. I forget. Oh, really? Um, and so the other I don't know any of these things anymore. So yeah. it's news to me. No, they did it as a like, sorry, like last year when they couldn't do New Jersey, they're like, but guess what? We're going to go in 2023. And uh, everybody's like, oh, wow, that's a wise way. Um, anyway, but yeah, would love to go back to Canada. So that's some news. I don't know if any Canadians want to call in and feel sad. Um, what they, there's, a, there's an outside chance to get Kevin Durant, though. So that would be cool. I'm sure all the league fans will be like, you know what? We didn't want a world finals event. We got KD. We got Kevin Durant. Yeah. And Atlanta will be like, who cares? We didn't get Kevin Durant. We got a league finals event. Yeah. We have Trey Young and he can shoot threes. Hot spot, hot spot of esports, Atlanta. Here we come. Mm -hmm. NBA. Okay. So let's. Uh, <laughs> um, I love before... that. Sorry, your reaction. You're like, and basketball. Yes. Yeah, Moving exactly. on. I have to be very careful. Uh, who yeah. was it? I was, I was going on a hike with a friend this week, and we were talking about, um, about you, Jet, and just all the, bas the obscure basketball references that you've managed to fit into the broadcast over the years. Yeah, and uh, and that there should be like, uh, I will, oh, that's what it was. I was talking about how, um, you know, I thought that okay, we're gonna try to do the mark positivity thing. I okay. thought. That the video with like the pigeon where all the casters were doing very goofy things was very well produced. The one that came out at the start <laughs> of the uh, split. A spoonful of sugar but makes the medicine I go down. I would have enjoyed it if that video had felt a little bit more connected to LCS culture. There and while there was the pigeon from, I think, an event in 2016 that nobody remembers anymore... It would Vancouver. have been fun if um, all the casters had like there had if you're going to feature all the casters like playing to the jokes about them like the fucking cat thing with Kobe you like trying to figure out how many obscure <laughs> NBA references you can get in Mark's like hair like maybe the hairstylist is trying to figure out how to like make him look like a human just like all these different things um, I thought would have been uh, interesting but anyway yeah. I will in. I will try and fit in as many golf references during okay, this great. Hotline League episode just for you because yeah. of your hiking conversation. Fantastic. I, I would love yeah. next time someone has like a sick solo kill jet, you just scream mashed potatoes into the microphone. I'm a buoy. They're so <laughs> annoying. They're so I, annoying. I, the, the mashed potatoes call is still one of the funniest things I've seen. And to that point, like it ruined golf because now everyone wants to yell random shit after a, after yeah. a swing. Ooh, I'm a moderator on this channel. 
Yes, boom. Now you can. Thanks. Anybody who says anything disrespectful, you can. Get you can it. now type okay. "cat" in chat and not get banned. Look. Yeah. Congratulations. Anyway, that's actually the best perk of it. Well, Mark still sometimes tests it, then he does get banned, and then he gets very upset. Anyway, well, you you, ba you banned me for not. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> everyone's getting timed out. Yeah, now. you'll see everybody timing themselves out now in chat. Okay, yeah. so. Um, <laughs> Let's 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 before we take this the episode's callers, off to a great start. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's always yeah. like this, this is every episode. We're fucking terrible. <laughs> okay, um, let's uh, before we get into some callers though. I did I did want to touch on the player stuff, Jack, because I know you were Ooh, really involved in it. Yeah. You consulted on it. Um, now most of the episodes are out, and I I thought it would just be fun to have like a brief, you know, maybe five minute conversation about um, what. It's been like seeing the episodes come out and people's reactions and your kind of involvement in it. So yeah, I mean, what's it mm -hmm. been like as, as these have been dropping? Players was really cool to be involved with. And I like, I feel like the people that have watched it all really like it, but like accessibility and discoverability is low and it's getting like weirdly review bombed on IMDb. Like really? I keep checking it. It don't, yeah, it only has like 400 reviews and like 60 of them are zero stars and then the majority are like eight to ten it's got like oh, 90 man. something percent on rotten tomatoes so i don't know man some I, dota kids came yeah, in no i was yeah. literally about it. to make that joke damn it and you didn't even <laughs> deliver it the way i was gonna deliver it right, i was give, gonna give be me like the wow. a plus delivery give me i the guess this, you, you said there were like a hundred bad or you know zeros or something that i was gonna be like man i guess there's only a hundred people playing dota these days okay the entire anyway. dota player oh, base downvoted yeah. <laughs> uh okay but for players i uh, it was really cool actually, because it was, it was shooting during the time of like a little bit of the dead time between what normally would be summer split and worlds, but then also worlds. Um, but because I just quit TL and wasn't immediately jumping back into casting, there was actually this like pocket of time where I had the ability to go consult on the show. So I was on set for any of the days where they did league content. So if they ever wanted to make sure that like a coaching scene or in-game scene or like what any of the actors are saying in their like confessional interviews was true to league, then I was there like in what they call video village. So like I saw the whole thing filmed. Um, me and Keen Lamb, Keen was there every single day of filming also during the writer's room and also during post-production. So he was definitely way more involved, but I was like part of trying to keep the gate, the, like the show true to like a league fan. And I don't know. I, I thought that was just like such a cool experience seeing kind of the guts of how a, a like legit TV show was made because it was, it's like, a, it's a CBS show, right? It just ends up being on Paramount plus. So that's very, that was a really cool experience. And then, um, I think that gave me a bit of an upper hand as well in terms of like, cause they actually had a lot of people, anytime they were doing a line in the show, like the way they film it, you're going to have like five or six people saying the same line. And then during the edit, they find like what the best thing is to fit. But I got to see all of that happen. So I realize I'm in it a lot. And I think part of that is because I got to listen to everyone do theirs before I did mine. So it wasn't like I was going in dry each time. It's, it's, it's a good show though. Yeah. No, I'm I'm really happy with the way it came out. Mark and I have been doing reviews. We'll do episode six tomorrow. Uh, we're really just the release schedule is really bad for Mark and I because then we have to work on the weekends and then we come out of it. And yeah, anyway, but mm -hmm. I it's been it's been fun uh, watching it. And I don't know, but have you seen 
like do you, have you tracked a lot of the community sentiment is there anything that in particular that you were a part of that you've seen that like really landed well with the the players i know you were not or the fans i know you were not like in the writing room per se but yeah i uh i would say like i'm really happy with the scene in terms of all the league stuff landing what might have ended up happening is like it's almost too good at being genuine league show which might stop it from reaching like a wider audience because i i haven't been able to catch on any of the like external discussions for it i need to get my family to watch it so i can get their opinion on it and i'll i'll see what happens yeah no i've been very curious to see what the outside world feels like it then, I mean, I've, I've had Ashley watching it, but even she is like, even though she doesn't know the game, she's still like very familiar with the scene. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. a lot of the scene jokes, she'll be like, is that supposed to be double lift or something? And I'll be like, kind of. And <laughs> so like, it's like, someone needs to not get any of the references. And like, that's, that's the person I want to like see their reaction. Yeah. Uh, Artizoba in the chat says the players' names are so cringe though. And I've seen this feedback a ton. They say like Artizoba says, it's what so... is it? Well, there's organism and cream cheese, and I'm just like, how? Like, do you watch this? Do you watch League of Legends esports? Like, it's so hilarious to me how the so- most senior caster's name is Freak, with a PH. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know how awkward that is in like an airport when you need to like call to him yeah. and you just yell Freak, and he turns <laughs> around, and people are like, "Whoa, what's going on with those two? We have. A, a guy who's won LCS championships called Balls. Like, <laughs> can you imagine Creed if they? Fine. Can you imagine if they had a caster in the show that was just named LeBron? Uh, <laughs> instead of Kobe, yeah. It's just, yeah. Like it's just. I don't understand sometimes. Uh, when people... I mean, especially like the food ones, like between yeah, Fudge, Licorice. There's so many yeah. other players I can't remember that have food names, and they're like spaghetti and cream cheese. What the? Oh man, poor spaghetti. There's lore to the people in the show. What is this art? Yeah, so some people are saying like, well, those are real people, and we know their history, and it's like, yeah, and these are fictional characters with fictional history, and like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if if it bugs you that much, I, you're gonna really struggle when new players join the scene. <laughs> Yeah. One thing yeah, I'll can say you imagine chat, tuning into Academy and just being like, "What are all these names? These I are, even are these fuckers? What's their? <laughs> what's the lore on this name?" One thing I'll say to the chat is the series gets better. So, like, if you watch the two free episodes on like Paramount Plus's YouTube channel, like, eh, um, I actually think every like it just it builds really, really well because the challenge of episode one in a series like that is you're just introducing so much. Like they're trying to explain league to a general audience while also trying to like explain to you the characters of the show. But once all that foundation is set, it just gets like so much funnier. I feel like in episodes three, four, five, six, seven, all the way through to 10. Yeah. All right. Well, we've jibber jabbered for a while. Uh, Mark, you're, Oh man, you already filled up the waiting room. We don't even have to do that. There's only five people. I mean, that's not that filled that's up. We'll see how fast amount. it goes. Depends okay. how talkative Jet's feeling. Someone's going to ask you a question. We'll say no. Half as much I have time. a question. See? I have a question, Travis. Yes. Is it rude for a guest to grab food and come back to the microphone? No, you can there do will that be while sp- Mark grabs the next caller. There's okay. also sponsor breaks soon. Let me you... know. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. can do the sponsor break. We'll do it. We'll do it during the sponsor break. That's a good idea. Okay. Uh, Mark is off to grab the first caller. Shout outs to some subs who subbed. 
Uh, where are we right now? Uh, wait, Mark is almost back. Uh, okay. America Vespucci, uh, Benjamin, uh, Glimmer Glenn, Xander Gage, uh, Beasteasy, uh, Professor, and The Fish Gaming. Okay, we got our first caller of the night here. It's Big Z. Big Z, where are you calling from? Big Z, where are you calling from? Oh, what? no. Wait, oh, there we go. Hello. Was connected. Hey, I'm calling from Tallahassee, Florida. Tallahassee, Florida. Nice. Hey. Home of MSI 2015. Yes. I've yes. uh, been there, shockingly, have been there twice for two esports events, and I never expected that. Anyway, uh, do you go to FSU? Uh, no, I, I did not go to FSU, but my brother went to FSU. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. What uh, What do you want to talk about on the show? So my take was on the Monte Cristo informed sources, talking about the uh, import changes that may be coming at the beginning of next year. Which which uh, are, if you want to break them down for those. Yeah, so the import changes were just going to, uh, at least from what I saw, was that all of the minor regions will be considered residents for all major regions. So Brazil, Turkey, Oceania is already resident for NA, but stuff like that for all the major regions. Um, and my take was that this is going to ruin competitive league as a whole. Um, and one of the comments was talking about how like a way to kind of fix the whole like minor regions aren't going to be a thing if this happens. Uh, and that would be something like uh, doing like a Asian games, but for other regions, like doing America games, doing European games, stuff like that. But the main thing is that the... Uh, if this were to happen for next year, I think it's going to ruin competitive league as a whole. Um, so why will it ruin competitive league as a whole? Because then you're just going to have issues where um, people in all these minor regions, because it's already kind of struggles, at least in my opinion, where you go to international event and yes, you do see some of the minor regions like Brazil and Japan, they'll pop off or get their games here and there. But you know they're not going to be competitive with the major regions like China, like Korea, like Europe, sometimes NA. Um, so it's just kind of tough because in a lot of the beginning of the tournament just feels like a filler. Like they're trying to meet a quota and, uh, and that feels bad for the fans of those regions because then it's like, well, if they're not actually seen as competitors, why are they, you know, going to this competition if there is no chance in them winning? You know, and the whole thing is just to keep it from it being four Korean teams, four Chinese teams, four European teams, and NA to clean up the rest, so. I uh, am very interested in this. One, I will admit that I haven't spent enough time thinking about the broad ramifications of this because it would be a giant, giant hit, I think, or shock, I guess I would say, to the system. Um, because I, I do actually think that, depending on how you do it, there's a good chance that you have situations where, like, Cloud9 is just like, okay, our academy or amateur team are like the best Oceania team or something like that. Like if you really have a situation where they're not, there's no cap on how many you can have, you could end up having stuff like that where people just pull over like, oh, these are the, this is the Turkish team that won the championships. Okay. We're just going to bring them all over and see what ends up happening. The um, power of God in anime. We're bringing over. <laughs> Yeah, detonation. Focus me as our academy team. I will say, like, it's hard for me. I mean, Mark and and Jet, help me out here. Like, I it's hard to imagine too many regions of of the four other than North America really well, trying to six, pull a ton. Six could do it because America or the NA is the same as VCS and PCS seed wise. So I gotcha. assume it would probably apply to them as well. 
Are uh, PCS and VCS considered major regions? Because uh, I think Papa his Smithy whole thing was. So okay. I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah. Yeah, because in his thing, in his informed sources, you know, it says only the major regions, the minor regions, would be the one considered as resident. You know, residents of right. Whatever yeah, major but, region they go to. But PCS and VCS have been in the major region category since like 2019 when okay. vietnam yeah. made okay. their two runs in a row they've they've been in that that group i'm pretty sure or pool two i guess because na is with pool two yeah they've been in pool two with us yeah yeah ever, ever since they introduced that mm-hmm. so i wonder if that means you can't pull from pcs and vcs then no you wouldn't be able to you yeah. could, those, those two could pull two. but you they can't be pulled that would be interesting okay but anyway, back to my original question, which is fine. Of the of, of the six major regions, do we think any of them other than North America are very likely to like use the system extensively? I would expect not, but it's hard to know because the regions that currently don't might invest a little bit more into scouting minor regions to try and find more diamonds in the rough, so to speak. Um, mm. So. I think like Europe right now is an easy no, of course. Why would they? They have the ERLs and whatnot. But realistically, if you're watching Worlds and some kid like Jose Diodo pops off, like maybe you would reach out now because it doesn't hurt. Even though like it hurt it anyways. Like anyone in, in LAC really runs up against the import rule restriction unless it's with Korean imports. So it's would, yeah, it's a bit of a non-factor. I would love to know how, uh, like as a, someone who is a fan of the LLA what Jose Diodo going to LCS meant for the league. Like, was it a positive for the league and the fact that people are like, oh, hell yeah, our players are better. Like, did the fandom transfer or was it literally just, oh yeah, now no one cares about this team because he was such a big star. I don't know what the answer to that question is. Um, I think like the one example you would be able to look at would be the OPL, which is now, I forget what they call it. Because they they changed the LP. The uh, oh, uh, L- LCL, 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 LCL. Yeah. LCL. There we go. <laughs> that one, that one is a little different because at the same time that the import restrictions got dropped, like the actual support for the region also got dropped. So I don't know if you can say like them losing their players is what caused the decline of the region. Um, anyway, I'm kind of dancing around the question. I think there's a lot of factors that that play because it will ultimately come down to some economics if you actually have a better business case for running some rant like i'm not going to use a specific but let's say you're running a minor region team like what are the economics of that team how much ad revenue can you get and how many sponsors can you sign within your own region and then how much of your revenue would be a possible buyout to a more funded league and also what is the motivation level of your players is it to be scouted for the LCS? Um, and then another total tangent is you don't need to have world's relevance to be a successful League of Legends esports league. Just look at the LFL, where they are yeah. like, crushing viewership and doing live events, even though they don't even get a chance at going to worlds. So I actually have no definitive stance on whether this is good or bad. <laughs> I think it's really complicated. I generally think it's bad. Uh, because I think, I mean, overall I am against expanding import stuff in North America, mm-hmm. you know, as it's funny, cause as you guys were talking about this, I was thinking back on the question I posed to you and I actually feel like there's a chance that some of these bottom region or sorry, these bottom tier 
teams in the LEC and maybe like maybe even like Immortals or something like that could just be like, oh, what's the best team in Brazil? Okay, we're just going to buy those players, pay them league minimum, and just run that full team, right? Which is like the part of the reason the import rule was created in the first place was because people were doing that with LMQ, where mm. you're just like, okay, now you can have this whole team. There's not much of a culture shock. There's not even like a language barrier between them because they can just all speak to each other. Um, and using Brazil as an example, but like LEC could potentially try to do that with a region, uh, you know, a specific region. And I think that that would be, I don't know. It's again, like to your point, Jet, we are kind of ignorant on what these, what it means for these individual regions. Like maybe they would love to have their best team play in the LEC or the LCS, but I think it could also just feel pretty shitty where it's like, cool. Now your best team doesn't play in this league or this region and blah. Well, I what? Oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I think there's a chance that that happens, but I also don't think it would be that likely that, and again, this is speculation, so who knows, but I, I really don't think it's likely that a team is just like, fuck it, YOLO, it's way easier to get a bunch of visas and shit uh, than it is <laughs> to pay academy players. Like, realistically, I just don't think that that Mark, financially... Really? I, just, I, I, I think you are overestimating these bottom tier teams. They want to especially run... Cause, oh, no, especially because saying... of how, like, you think of NA talent and, you know, somebody like Kenby, right? Where he had a pretty large buyout going to Immortals from 100 Thieves Academy. Not anymore. Like, well, <laughs> not anymore. Uh, but no, if no, you go... I'm saying that, like, the, the, the bubble burst, with, like, at this point. Like, no one's paying $500,000 for fucking academy players. That, that never that never really happened outside, like, a couple instances where, like, Jack made out, like, a bandit with package deals and shit. But I don't think Kenby made... Or, like, Immortals made handover... It's got 100 Thieves made crazy money on Kenby. Um, and even him as, like, an example. There's plenty of players, like, CLG... How much do you really think that fucking lineup costs? You know? Like... Contracts is probably the most expensive player. Is he that much more expensive than what it would take to fly a bunch of people over to America, handle all their visas, get like a bunch of support systems set up to like actually make this happen versus just get like a bunch of academy players? Like I, I just, I don't know if the financials even make sense that way. Do you think like Brazil, like let's say Brazil, for example, Brazilian players are better than NA Academy players? Are they about the same? Are they worse? Because you let's say you take a full team of Brazilian players, right? Um, you take the top team from Brazil and you go and throw them as Immortals new lineup. You know, yes, will they be more expensive than what Immortals probably paying right now? Possibly, but does it give them a better chance to like be competitive in the league? I think that's what Immortals is probably more worried about. Versus finishing tenth place, the second or third split in a row, you know. <laughs> Immortals can't even keep a GM for more than a year. I don't <laughs> think they're gonna mastermind uplifting like fucking red canids over to like no, it's that's not gonna happen. Like you're not gonna sign top Brazilian players. I don't. I just don't think really? that'll actually I, happen. I disagree. I think there's totally a chance that that could end up happening. I that, because here's here's how you do it. Here's here's the the scenario. You say, wow, we're a shitty team. And I'm not even talking about Academy, by the way. I'm talking about potentially for their LCS team. If if Immortals finishes 10th this split and this rule goes into chain, into effect and they decide that maybe it's even a little bit cheaper to run like the, the best team from one of the other minor regions. Let's, I don't even want to lock in which region yet. Like, and they say to themselves, this is the business justification they make. 
oh, we'll get so many fans from that region. And so we'll be able to activate and we'll, we'll do all this stuff. And it plays with, you know, this is an underserved audience or something, something, something. And so they say, like, this is our big plan. This is how we're going to do it. And so they're saving money. But they none think of your better potential fucking and they think sponsors they might be able to apply to Brazil. If you have, if you're a fucking North American organization and you're trying to sell it NA sponsors and you go like, and our demographics in Brazil. But a lot of these, like, a lot of these teams fucking, are now, are no, don't consider themselves NA organizations. They consider themselves like global international. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, then I, is, is having a Brazilian player in the LCS going to monetize better than having a Brazilian player in Brazil? For yeah, the, well, for the LCS team that has the Brazilian player. Yes. Yeah. But to, mm. to, to the point that Jack's making is like, if you think that you can make more money in Brazil, why don't these teams just go to Brazil and buy a team there instead of buying them in America? Yeah, because well, my argument would be like the Brazil. If if you monetize a Brazilian player better in Brazil, then the Brazilian org is going to be able to pay more money to that player than an NA org because you're not going to be able to monetize the Brazilian player in NA as much. I think, we're talking a little bit in circles. No, I, no. I think here I'll I'll put the kibosh on this by yeah. saying, I or or my my take on this is NA orgs. Esports orgs, especially the ones that are near the bottom, need any fucking thing they can hang their hat on because they are verging on irrelevance and insolvency. And so they will try to, like, if they're like, oh, our social media numbers look shit in our deck, but we can put all these social media numbers in that look way better and then just, like, gloss over the fact that they are mostly a Brazilian audience or something like that, or they could just show yeah, maybe, our engagement's maybe. crazy. Like, yeah. They will they will do whatever that takes you know to do this and so in a logical world yes I agree with you guys like this doesn't make as much business sense we're talking about esports organizations we're not talking yeah. about logical business sense all right I'll, I'll I'll throw my final like actual like my opinion out and we don't need to debate it but my thing is I don't think a lot of the bad teams realistically think that this would be a money getting situation. Uh, maybe it'll help, like you said, with some social numbers. But realistically, um, Papa Smithy and Empire in chat both said that they don't think that CBA, uh, CBLOL or um, LLA or anything is realistically much better than Academy players. And I think there's more hoops to jump through and more problems that you have to try and fix mm -hmm. that it, it becomes difficult enough that the upsides don't actually make sense for a lot of like those minor regions. I think you'd be more concerned about Eastern minor regions, maybe, and like let's try and scrounge up someone from Japan or something. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know. But either way, I don't think it makes that much sense. I don't know how the minor regions feel about it, like we were saying. And I don't know if it affects anyone but NA. I, I, I think the, the most damage this rule does is look like favoritism towards NA, because I also don't see many of the yeah. other five yep. regions making a play at this. So I think it just looks dumb to, like, as a way to save NA. But it, it's like, well, I also uh, I'll throw my final thought in there, too, because like Empire linked this, I, I guess it's a Jackie Felling post about Reddit uh, post. Yeah, Reddit yeah, comment. yeah, like excited to continue to invest in North American player talent pipeline like N.A. doesn't get to make this decision. Right. Yeah. Like this is this would be a global decision. And I think the only realistic way you do it is either someone at Central Esports thinks it will help the majority of global League of Legends esports, because if it will hurt the majority of global legends esports, they won't do it. It's not like there's there's no like secret room where NA gets to dictate these decisions. That's yeah. not that's not how people don't get 
it's the tough thing is fans don't understand the like difference between all these different the global team versus yeah they the just NA think team. it's riot yeah. games yeah, yeah. esports yeah so um i my biggest concern by the way with this is like what if they start doing this as a means to slowly start to os other regions other minor regions i think yeah it, that, that would suck yeah that, that i think is is more likely but it might be it, why it's happening i don't know yeah yeah, I would think it's more likely that LLA just becomes part of NA than um, it's like free money, everyone go to what go to Turkey, go wherever. I mean, like it would help, I guess. L LEC with Turkey is like the other angle because they, there is some there, but um, again, I, I think they just bring over the best Turkish players, which they're already doing anyways, regardless of the import rules. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know if it actually changes anything. All right, Big Z. Thanks for the call. Thank you for the yeah, of call. Course. Uh, oh, real quick, real quick, uh, and then the other half of that take about the like Asian games, America games. I don't know if you guys wanted to pipe in on that real quick, or if you want to move on to the next caller. I, I think we have to move on to the next call just because your, your take was so beefy that we had to spend so much stuff on the first half. But... Big Z with the big take. Uh, hey, man. Is there anything you want to shout out uh, before we take a quick break and let Jet eat? Uh, no, uh, just shout out you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it's always fun. I usually just listen to the uh, the podcast or video, you know YouTube video after it comes out. But I was able to make it on tonight, so y'all have a good night. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you were able to make it. Thanks so much for the call. Of course. Okay. We're going to now take our break. I'll Jack, be back before you know it. Go grab your food. Uh, we're going to talk about Alienware. So right now, Alienware has a Black Friday in July happening. Uh, this month. So this is kind of a really cool thing that they do where I, I think for a lot of folks, you know, summer rolls around, maybe you've got some extra free time on your hands. You want to do something, but you're like, oh, I really got to wait for those big deals to hit in November. Like that's where I'm going to have all, all my ability to afford the stuff because there's some good promotions going on. Well, they actually bring you this event in July. It's a big sale that occurs uh, over at Alienware. And so I would ask you guys to check out the deals that they have. And please, if you are going to the Alienware website, do so by going to alienware.com slash Travis. This is a, a new big push that we are trying to make because a lot of you guys have used my code and I totally get it that like maybe, you know, four months from now, you're like, oh, I think I do want to get a PC. And you're like, I know Travis has a code. I can save some money. You just go to Alienware, you type in the code and you're like, Cool, there we go. But the thing that will help more than anything, um, especially right now with this sort of initiative that we're we're experimenting with is actually typing in alienware.com slash Travis, the full URL, um, because we're trying to do some interesting tracking stuff, trying to learn some stuff. And there's a world here where we turn this into uh, something that's a little bit cool for the Travis Gafford Industries business in terms of your ability to know that whenever you're purchasing something from that URL, um, we will literally get a cut of that. So it's an ex it's an experiment we're doing right now. It's 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 just we're test testing to see how it works and how many people will actually use the URL. But please check out Alienware. It's there's a link in the description below if you would like to do that. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm actually putting it in the chat right now um, as well. If you're on Twitch and if you're on the podcast again, Alienware.com/travis. Please do check that out and uh, also keep an eye out for Black Friday and July so that you can save some money on some awesome systems. All right. Jet is back. He made it. Mark, you want to go grab the next caller? What are nice. we eating? You want to see? Sure. Or you can say. It's whichever. spaghetti. Homemade spaghetti. Wow. Fantastic. Classic. 
Should have had it. I was, I was about to cook it when Travis said, see you in 10 minutes. So did you know you were going to be on tonight? I didn't know. Okay. But whether or not I remembered is a different discussion. Because okay. yeah. I went to Mark's stream earlier today, and I was like, hey, is Jack confirmed? He's like, yeah, I forgot to message him until last minute. And then he sent a vague message about wanting to go out of town for for July 4th. And so he, yeah. Mark so, was like unclear based on your message about wanting to go out of town if that meant you were actually available or not. So then he's just like, just tweet it, and we'll see what oh, happens. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm told, I meant to say yes. I would okay. say... The reason I go out of town on 4th of July is because Kubo is very scared of fireworks. Uh, so, oh my God, dude. Yeah. Is then there's just too many fireworks, man. I in was, LA, they just I, keep all the illegal fireworks. They go forever. It's so annoying. They go to like one thirty in the morning and yeah. I'm, I'm dog sitting and I didn't even think about it. And just fucking last night was the worst. That's so sad. Less illegal fireworks, please. Okay. Lest Force is here. Lest Force, where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Ooh, you are super quiet. Can you get a, a little closer to your microphone? Yeah, let me... Uh, I've, I've got you to 200%, so... Uh, is, that, uh, is that better? Yeah, that's much better. Much uh, better. You're calling gotcha. from Baltimore, Maryland. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, yeah, so I want to talk about uh, IMT. And obviously, this whole year has been a pretty big disaster for them, uh, even more so in the summer. And I think at this point, they need to salvage what they can from this season uh, by playing around Kenby. And in order to do so, I think that they need to promote Pretty to the LCS roster. And I guess that means uh, demoting Power of Evil. Interesting. Okay. So, kind of, I'm out of curiosity, where did you, like, how did this uh, conclusion arrive for you? So, I mean, they've been, I, I'm, t, I'm, a, I'm an Immortals fan, and they've just Whoa. been absolutely That's... One, one of the only, yeah, I know. That's how, hang on, let's, we're going to take five steps back. Why are you an Immortals fan? Just whenever I first started watching the LCS back in 2020, just for whatever reason, I just chose Immortals. Like, I didn't know, you know, team's popularity, didn't know, you know, player popularity. I just kind of liked what I watched from Immortals back, you know, when, like, Insanity was a rookie, and just for better or worse, I've decided to stick with them and not, you know, jump shit. Was it, you said it randomly, was it, like, did you like their branding? Did you like their... Yeah, I want to know more now. Who are yeah. your other teams in, like, other sports? Are you are you just an esports fan? So, I'm a lifelong Tennessee Titans fan from Maryland. So, maybe, you know, that, you know, there's, like, no consistency there, which kind of makes sense why I like Immortals. Uh, other sports, I'm kind of just more a fan of, you know, the league in general. Um, I mean, I, I enjoy watching all the, you know, LCS teams, but IMT is the one that I unfortunately hope, you know, have good games every week. And, and, and again, why is it their branding or what is it that in 2020 made you be like, that's your team? I, I just think I enjoyed kind of watching. Um, like, I don't think it was like branding specifically. I think it was just, I mean, maybe it was just as basic as like, I, I kind of like the players. I kind of like the you know, stuff they had going on at the time. I mean, I remember it was like, so as at first and then they had insanity and uh, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't specifically due to like their, their branding. Cause certainly they're not really, Doing a whole I lot to help themselves in that regard. Completely this is forgot cool. they had so cool. I have I'm, no I'm idea. I'm all on board with you being an Immortals fan. This is okay. This is great. Okay. Okay. So you're a fan of theirs, and you you feel like the solution is to not run Power of Evil and to have and or is this because you want? Do you think that they will get better results, 
Or do so, you think that this is like them building for next year? Yeah, so I, I actually really liked the Power of Evil signing when they made that signing at the uh, you know start of this year. You know, I, I thought he was a top three mid last year, um, but it just has not worked out. Obviously, uh, many things haven't worked out, but especially now that they brought in Kenby, who you know they, they bought out from Andre Thieves, even if it wasn't you know, a huge amount. You know, they spent up just to get him on the roster. I don't think that their play styles you know, are synergetic at all. You know, Power of Evil's sitting very close to his turret. He's not very forward. Uh, really kind of limits the opportunities for Kenby. He basically, you know, just says, let me let me scale for 20 minutes and then we can start team fighting. And I just feel like that really kind of inhibits what Kenby can do, especially when you look on the side lanes where Loss and Ignar have not looked good so far. And I like Revenge as a player, but he definitely is very inconsistent. They're, look at his game against 100 Thieves and someday he simply did not do very well and he got left on an island. So I just think that the easiest solution is bringing up Pretty, who has done really well in Academy. I know that not a lot of people watch, but he has been a top three mid this split, just looking at the stats. And I think that his champ pool and the way that he plays, he's not afraid to sack three minions to you know walk up with you know his jungler and make a play, okay. whereas one, Power of Evil... One quick question. Are you also watching Immortals Academy games? Yeah, I watch... Um, I mean, I watch... All the academy. I don't watch every academy game, but I do watch like all the teams uh, in some capacity. I feel like you're probably the biggest Immortals fan in existence. I haven't met any others, so with with certainty, I can say this. By definition, you're the biggest Immortals fan, but you're also yeah. just a big fan. Like that would be more than most teams fans of, of other teams. Have you purchased any Immortals apparel? Thought about it, but uh, I've not pulled the trigger. Someone, if Immortals is watching, I mean, has any social media presence, yeah. fit, find this guy and send him some free shit. Send him stuff, and if you ever need a new GM, maybe <laughs> consider it. Because he knows more about the players than a lot of people that would be going He's talking position. a lot of sense. I will yeah. say that. Do you, drive, yeah. do you drive a Toyota? Uh, it's the last question. <laughs> the last force. Yeah, I drive a uh, Toyota, unfortunately. Okay. Well, all right. Let's get into the take then. Uh, POE out, pretty in. Mark, you want to kick us off while Jad is eating his spaghetti? Yeah, I think uh, there, there's a couple layers to this. The first layer is that your team kind of sucks right now. And so even if you think uh, PoE is better than Pretty, which I think most people would, would say, even if PoE is having a bad split, like in theory, he should be better. The, the split's going bad. So like, who cares about that? Like you're, you're, you might make playoffs, but not right now. And even if you make playoffs, you're making any noise. I don't know how long I have to check the contracts, but like, there's no reason to run this, this team back next next year for the most part. So, like, realistically, he's not a long-term piece, whereas, like, maybe pretty can be. Um, I think there's concerns about putting in players, academy players in bad situations, and just like, all right, well, that didn't work. What do you know? And it's like, well, of course, you're, you're a terrible team, and that's going to feel bad for him. But I think the point that got me on board a little bit more is about um, Ken V has historically been an aggressive jungler. He gets carry resources. I feel like Immortals has tried, in theory, more than people say they have, because he's played like Trundle and Volibear recently. But he's also got a Lee Sin. He's played one game of everything, but it's like Lee Sin, Viego, Nocturne, Wukong, Tilia. And like five of those seven are like theoretically aggressive champions that can like do what he wants. Um, but PoE does have the lowest 4% in the league. He's at 9.7%. On the flip side, someone like Takoyi is at 29%. He's got 20%. He's at 9.7. Next closest to him is Abadaga at 11.8. Then Jensen at 13.6. Uh, and it kind of 
goes up from there. <laughs> since you're in, since you're in there right now, what's pretty at an academy? Uh, I have to go pull up academy. Uh, okay. But you can I'll, you can I'll continue get. your take. I don't. I don't... <laughs> Anyways, my, my point is is simply that like if the idea is get someone who's going to listen to Kenvi, and I don't know the dynamic. Maybe maybe Poe is listening to Kenvi, but it doesn't feel like he's getting a, a shoving mid who's going to go work with him in the enemy jungle quite like contracts gets with Palafox or Spica gets with Maple. Uh, I just it doesn't feel like that, and so maybe Pretty doesn't need to win lane, but if he can just pick some AFK brain off shoving shit, and then he can work with Kenvi and just follow him around. Like I can I can buy that idea of like unlocking Kenvi, um, but that that's why I actually think you, you made a lot of sense. Jack? Yep, I don't hate it. So like the thing that I do hate is I think Poe has like earned the ability to continue to play just through his reputation and i and it also depends on like what relationship does uh immortals have with power of evil because if you actually like looking at his career arc especially with him like coming in late to the season only having like a cup like literally a, a day before playing on stage and then being like oh yeah by the way three weeks in we're going to bench you no one is going to see you your contract ends this year good luck finding a new team like it kind of like maybe even ends his career or at least makes it a huge setback, even if he might not be like the reason that they lose. So his Couching contract, that, just, just for us, it, uh, reference, it ends next year. Oh, it's a two-year? Yeah. He but, usually only I signs mean, one year, but this year he signed it two. I feel like he usually signs two or three years, but they're like fake two or three-year contracts. Oh, really? Like no, I, I, from what I remember, he usually insists on doing one, but maybe I'm wrong. Okay, maybe. maybe I, I, the TSM one was longer than one, and it was only ended sure. up being one. Um, with that being said, though, I actually do like the idea um, because I think in, in large part, if the culture was different and like getting taken out of the LCS wasn't some like death knell to your career, it would 100% be what they should do. At least for like run it for a couple weeks, like actually two or three weeks and just see how it goes. Cause they're not winning anything. It's like any type of development roster, they have inbuilt synergy. Poe and Kenvi's styles actually do not match. Like Poe's not going to change. Kenvi needs to be a different player to work with Power of Evil, which could be like a roster construction problem. But I would love it if more academy players got like three weeks full to play in the LCS, like the ones that are doing well to see to see how they do. I hate it especially like if they did this and he played like two games and it like didn't go great and then he just went back to academy. That's what I hate the most. I like giving them a good run. I like. Okay, question for both of you then. I want to turn this around. So mortals theoretically should want to play pretty if they can make it work with Poe. Should pretty want to play for immortals on the LCS stage? Um, I feel like you yeah. should. Uh, you can go first. I mean, that was it. Mine's yes. <laughs> oh, just yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, I've been trying. To, uh, this has come up a couple of times. It was on the on the dive. Some asked a question about like academy player on a bad team basically referencing kenvi but here pretty as well like is it worth it should you wait or whatnot but um i don't know i feel i feel like you should take the opportunity and especially since the team's already kind of on fire i doubt anyone would judge him too harshly um the other thing i'll say is for just the players in general on a, on immortals uh one of the reasons i i put them low this flu is because i just didn't have faith in the organization with like all the drama that seemed to happen that i said like <laughs> 
no one really knows because they don't follow Immortals that closely. But like they they changed over GMs like two to three times. I, I always forget if it's two or three times in the last year. Um, and like they've had a lot of people quit or leave or something. And so it's just doesn't seem like an environment that's going to get the most out of players. And so that's why I don't want any like I don't think judging the players on on this roster too harshly is a good idea i would just be nervous because i feel like so often these players make premiere like i i think what has been very fascinating to me over the over years has been to realize just how easy it is to look good on a good team and bad on a bad team and how much that stuff can stick with you like i worry a lot about tactical who i think is having a potentially like career not to, to go too off on it i'm sure we have a tsm take because we always do a career ending like split right now with tsm or career ending year and and i just i worry sometimes about how much that stuff sticks to you whenever things are going going really bad so it's just an interesting thought experiment but if both of you guys think that and then i know i saw night fiend said that as well in the chat um from eg so i don't, I don't. all right last force Thanks so much for the call. It sounds like your your take has some legs, uh, though perhaps you have to consider the relationship with PoE before it goes through. But um, any thoughts that you have or anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Yeah, just like uh, Mark had mentioned, I think uh, this, this season's a, a wash, so wins and losses shouldn't be the focus at this point. They should just look to develop mm -hmm. in the long term, in my opinion. Um, and then in terms of shout outs, uh, shout out to all of you guys. I think you guys do really good stuff. Uh, in your own different sectors in terms of you know helping the lcs grow and then uh shout out to the academy um i think there's some really good casters some really good players down there and uh people would tune in i think uh it would help you know the scene as a whole grow and help these players develop so uh thank you for the time honestly i'd rather people tune into the lcs thanks so much hey, for the Travis, call and we'll catch you later <laughs> yeah i can make based on this call i can make an nba analogy and a golf analogy All right, which one it. would you prefer uh well i make think that you should make the golf analogy. analogy for your for your sponsored hopes for my golf clubs yeah, yeah yeah so interestingly enough um there's a great product called speed sticks which helps you swing the golf club faster i already own them so getting free speed sticks would not be great Isn't um, that a but, type of deodorant uh, basically like you need to have an end goal in mind whenever you're playing the sport and if I just wanted to go shoot the lowest score every single time, I would be so much more concerned about how accurately I can hit the clubs. But if I like, I actually want to get really good at golf. So I know I need to swing it fast and hit it far because that's what all the good, good players do. So I've literally spent eight months just swinging as hard as I fucking can to gain distance. And it's made me over time, a much better golfer, even if I've had some really bad rounds. Because um, if you look at a lot of the analytics in golf, like distance for years and years and years has been like highly underrated. And it's the best thing you can do to make the rest of your game easier. So what Immortals is doing right now is they're like a bad golfer who's trying to score well. There is no path towards being a good golfer. So they need to figure out what their path is and then take the lumps in the short term maybe that's putting in pretty maybe that's switching out to, to different players but it, what, whatever they're doing now it doesn't have an endpoint that leads to success it's like i'm watching the analyst desk okay 
Uh, let's go on to the next call. I love that Mark did not take that as a moment to go investigate. He wanted to hear the full golf. No, I was curious where he was going with it. I, I am a yeah. big traditional sports fan. I don't really like, I never got deep into golf, but like, I'm like, where's this going? And you I know, think that was, to, that was very interesting. That's all right. Yeah. At, yeah. at Yahoo esports, we used to have a joke where we'd call it T sports for anything that wasn't esports. Um, and I feel like we should bring that back. Okay. Mark is off. Thank you to, where are we? Uh, America's Aspucci Benjamin, Glimmer Glenn, Xander Gage, Beasteezy. Oh, uh, The Fish Gaming, Time for One Year. Thank you, Time. Uh, Chameleon, uh, let's see, Girlish Menace, Metal Sparty, Champloo, ZD, uh, Zamelkai. Hello, Zamelkai. Uh, Salt Life, and Fartmaster Blaster. Uh, we've got some more subs, but that's it for now. Mark should be back in just a second. He's not, so I'm going to keep reading. Travis, your your chat is full of golf questions. I could fill a whole stream answering golf Maybe as your viewers just go JLXP. down, and the um, like. Twenty people that are interested in golf get their questions answered. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's whatever you hit. When you have about a thousand people in the chat, you can usually find twenty people that will care about something. Anything. And so it just allows you to go off on tangents. Yeah. How around. many people care about? Quantum field theory. Yeah, like 20 people. They're going to ask Mark a bunch of questions. Anyway, okay, Seth is here. Seth, where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, suburban Chicago, Illinois. Why is everyone already so quiet at the start? Mark, do you... Do Maybe because you you're fucking from... deaf, bro. I don't know. Twitch chat. I mean, Type one if you oh, thought the caller was quiet. Um, he's quiet. Seth, can you turn yourself up a bit? Uh, no, I do not believe so. I will try to speak as closely into the mic as I can, though. Yes, and maybe speak loud. I don't know if you're All trying right. to be quiet, but yeah. What? One more time, where are you from? I'm from suburban Chicago, Illinois. Is that better? Yes, this is good. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, my topic is, should TSM hit the panic button and start rebuilding for next split, or should they make a uh, one or two changes and still try to make worlds? What about Here's should they your TSM hit, call, Travis? Yeah, should they hit the panic button and try to sell the slot in the LCS? Is maybe the bigger no? Okay, so <laughs> do you? What do you think? Is this a question, Seth, or do you have an opinion one way or the other? I do have an opinion. It's a general question, uh, but like my opinion on it, personally speaking, is that you should. I, I've heard there's rumors about Speaker, you know, not wanting to stay at the split. And what I've seen on Reddit, so take that with a grain of salt. But there was also uh, rumors, perhaps, of like you know them not being happy there, so he might move on. And uh, and just like I do think they should start rebuilding a, a little bit at first, but not go into full panic mode just yet. Like I love Tactical, I think he's great. I just think he's having a bad year. And I and like what you guys were saying. Uh, uh, sorry, words. What you guys were saying about earlier about how TS how immortals uh benching power of evil might be a death nail for his career i think that would be especially true with tactical but i also do think that maybe they should start uh building the roster a little bit and try to figure out what for the future or maybe start you know giving him a break or do what they did with uh wild turtle for FlyQuest two years ago and uh how you know give him a couple weeks put in a player and then take him out then put him then put him back in perhaps or I don't know. I just feel like they should start doing something because something is not working. I don't know. I think they should have a soft panic button, in my opinion. Well, 
I don't. Okay, first off, I just wanted to make note that it is three weeks into the league, and so right. and and they basically had like a second rebuild like before the start of three weeks ago. Um, depending on how you wanted to find rebuild, and so I think it's it's pretty tough uh, to like really start panicking already. The problem is you are like getting closer and closer to worlds, but this is a league where the top eight go to playoffs. So theoretically you should be fine. I do want to mention some tweets that got deleted. Well, one of them got deleted from K's over at TSM who said, honestly, cannot publicly say much. Let's enter next week, but on the real, the results aren't acceptable. TBH then already issued a player complaint about player intensity is the first time in my career it feels like this situation. Now, no one knows what complain about player intensity it means, but that's the fun of this show is that when somebody says something vague, we get to endlessly speculate and turn it into all sorts of crazy stuff. So we're the not reporters, we we're yeah. pundits. Yeah, exactly. Dude, so player intensity whatever. could either be someone really one? lazy or someone really, really, really mad. Yes, exactly. It's like it's somebody is either doing nothing or they're punching a hole in the wall after a game. Um, and so I think that that's actually... I, I, I love... This is one of the reasons I love TSM. I love... I People say, oh, Travis is a TSM hater. Fuck that. I love TSM. There's so many fun things they do like this, where they will put out a vague tweet that says, issued a complaint about player intensity, then delete the tweet. Who else does this? It's so good. I, yeah, I will say... A lot of teams do that, actually. I, at least TSM didn't go from just being, like, the best team in North America to the worst and just not entertaining. This has been very entertaining, this split. Or this I year. will also say, Jack really needs to stop tweeting. Like... Every okay. bad thing yeah, in yeah, his yeah. career has happened through Twitter. Yeah. He's so respected by everyone for his work. <laughs> his Twitter just makes him get fucking fired. So, like, just stop tweeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need it. Yeah. He, he has put his foot in his mouth three so times so far this year. Just but on everyone, TSM. He does such good work. Uh, so, yeah, just stop, man. Yeah, yeah. He would literally... He would be in such a better place, I feel like, if he just deleted his Twitter. Like, yeah. it would, it's just hilarious. But I love it. Yeah. It's great for... Yeah, you know, it is. Jab will tell great. you to delete it. I say keep it up because I need content. And, like, tweets like that deliver the content. Um, um, okay, so, Mark, what do you got for us? I think we're all pretty anti-rebuild, uh, if I'm going to guess. I think what Travis said about how, how recently your last rebuild was... It's hard to rebuild. Um, you know, you could put in, like we're saying with the IMT, put in academy players. Um, but knowing TSM's prestige, like it's, I don't know, is that really what your plan is going to be next year? Or is your plan next year going to be to try and sign some talent and, and like build your roster through money versus scouting? I, I, I feel like it's going to be money. And the final thing I'll say is when you build out your priority list, the number one priority this season is... Making Spica happy. Oh, damn it. I was going to say that. I, I forgot yeah, to say it in my first thing where we were talks. joking. But yes. Like, it's not the fight for Worlds. It's the fight to keep Spica. And and maybe those things are aligned, but I just feel like it's... I, it's, I don't know. I'm very skeptical he, that he still stays. Maybe he's... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, should they keep Spica? If he's that unhappy, 
should you keep Spica and like you know have a situation with CL with CLG last year, or like you know it almost felt like they were trying to get Wild Turtle and they had to keep Smoothie just so they can get Wild Turtle. And so should you keep Spica and and sign mediocre to like maybe you know lower players just so you can keep Spica? I I don't know. I think he's really really good. I think like you know he's almost getting a Lira award at this point this year, but still. I, I think don't know. It depends on what you want 2023 to be. If you're trying to go back to Worlds, then yeah, go Spica. If you're panicking because your FTX account is zeroing out in front of you, then you probably go and you say, hey, who won in Brazil this past year? Uh, and then you sign that team. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think Speaker at this point, sure. Spica has proved he's an actual franchise player. Um, I think most people kind of knew that when he won an MVP, but there were obviously some, some doubters in spring. He's looking much better in summer again. I think there's a debate about some teams deciding people are franchise players when they're not really in North America, just because I know who they, you're talking about. Mark there's a couple C. actually. There's a couple I'm actually talking about, to be honest. But uh, you definitely know the one I'm talking about because I <laughs> talk about it in the green room a lot. Um, I'll save that take for another time. But just like Spica is that guy that you can build around, and like you want to keep players like that. And if he walks, it's a huge fucking loss because how long is it going to take you to find another speaker? And even if he's like kind of unhappy, I would, if I was a GM, I'd rather have a slightly unhappy speaker whose ego I have to manage than someone much worse who's happy. Most likely. I mean, there's always a limit. There's always a limit, but I don't think speaker is like, Maybe that's who Jack was tweeting about, and Spica needs to go. That's always another possibility, but we don't have insight on that. We're talking. By the way, we need to really say K's instead of Jack because nobody else Sorry. outside of the space knows yeah. him as anything other than K. C Nine Jack is t talking about TSM. What <laughs> that's the fuck? Not, you're confusing people. Yeah. C Nine Jack somehow submitted an internal player <laughs> intensity report about Huni. <laughs> who would have guessed? Oh my god. <laughs> what? How intense was TSM players if they're offending C Nine? Okay. Um, Okay, so I, I, I oh yeah, go ahead, Jet. Sorry, We've I talked. forget. Remind me very quickly what the oh okay, it's, it's a panic button tweet. Yeah, make panic sure my button. mic isn't spiking on you. Uh, I mean, I would love it if TSM had a panic button that worked. <laughs> <laughs> they can't press it. Like they, there's just I was just thinking about it this whole call. There's nothing they can do. They're they're locked with the players that they have pretty much. Their Maple academy was, team, yeah. Like, if they had a good academy program, that's cool. But their academy coach last year was on the front page of Reddit for like a month. So now they have Smithy there. Um, but their record is not good. So it's not like they can do the what the Immortals caller was saying and be like, by the way, just like it put, put you know, the academy AD instinct in instead of tactical. That doesn't feel like it's a super realistic option at the moment. Um, and thing about TSM, I agree. Yeah. And they're already, they're already importing Maple. They are also importing Mia, so they, they, there's nothing they can do. I don't it know. Is, they just is, have this this was the panic button. They already pressed yeah. it. They it is actually so fascinating how much of a a fall this org has taken in 18 months. Like, if if you just look back to the beginning of uh, 2021, it was before imports, imports, imports before investigations and before you know back then it was like like it's like what's that mean it's like wake oh losing in the league speak of possibly leaving wake up uh bjergsen's our new coach and we're gonna be really excited for 2021 we're headed to worlds 
Like it's it's actually just insane to think about where things have gotten because I think they used to be able to have panic buttons. You know, like I I think they were doing a decent like a lot of the the talent that's in the league right now came in through the academy system. I think Scoutmaster yeah. Parth did like a pretty good job. Like there's just a lot that was going on with that team that was like it's it's almost like a lesson I feel like to other teams like I, if you're TL you're C9 you're 100T etc you should probably be looking at TSM as like hey this is how bad things can get very quickly for you and um I don't know this is fascinating, fascinating. uh last thing I'll say on this is I don't think they are as bad as their current record I think they're slightly better than 2 and 5 if is, I project their win rate you... out, partially because I was like pressured into putting them fifth place overall, but they, <laughs> they, I think they're actually better than they were in spring. They were really bad, really, really bad in spring. And they're like just below average now. Well, Where did you have them on the power rankings, Jet? Was it fifth or is it I didn't. Different... I didn't make a summer power ranking. Oh, okay. Coward. Yeah, I know. Wow. Guess you don't. Uh, can't be wrong. Traffic. Well, t- to, to Jat's point about the like they were what zero and four and then went to two and six when they were like on fire last split, yeah or something right they they were they started zero four they hit the panic button and they kind of ended up two and six at one point if I'm not mistaken, um, and even though they're only one l- loss away from that record like it does like you're saying it doesn't feel as bad like there's legitimate mm-hmm. bright spots with Spica and Maple um, I think this team can win a lot more games. I don't think Golden Guardians, Dignitas, Immortals, FlyQuest, they beat TL, like CLG, none of these teams are untouchable around them. And so mm-hmm. they, they can do better, but... Uh... I worry more about... I agree they can do better. I agree that they're better than this. I do wonder for like Spica and Huni, how 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 much like motivation did they have going into summer? And I'm down to hear that it was a lot. Mm. But also, how quickly can you lose that motivation if you just had to go through that spring, and now you're going into summer and you start losing these games? And like, at a certain point in time, do you just go like, "Oh yeah, dude, this shit's fucked. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll be, I'll do something else next year." But for, I guess for right now, I'm just finishing out my contract, you know. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to talk to those guys and say they're not trying, but it is just a situation where like, when you're losing a lot and you don't feel like you can like you can achieve what your goal is like it is i think hard for any human to be able to like keep the the try hard mentality up so i don't know anyway seth thank you so much for the call anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller i just want to shout out that uh i've been following uh leak esports since like 2016 2017 and uh since then, I've been uh, graduated college with a degree in humanities, and uh, analyzing things from you know from an analytical perspective has always been something I've loved doing. And I actually want to thank Mark C and Jat for inspiring me for like you know being analytically minded. You guys are nice. a big inspiration for me. I really appreciate it. Thank it's you. So it's a little overrated. You're supposed to really just look at like narrative uh, analysis and like that type of stuff. The, the other stuff, the people. Anyway, thanks so That's much, Seth, for the you. call. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. Okay. Mark is off to grab the next caller. Thank you to NW Felton, Dimelock, CJ Foxy, Trevor Monreal, uh, Aeon Rack, Carlitos, Boba Cola for 58 months. Holy moly. Kooks, Ari Waddle, uh, Doja Cat's Armpits, 
And I knew Love her. those. I knew her. Thank you for all that. Captain Flyers in the chat backs me up, says this, just talk fast. Analysis is for brains. Exactly. Exactly. Although there was, did you guys, Jet and Mark, were you guys listening to the, the cast where it was Flowers and Azale and they were talking about what a skill floor or ceiling means? So they were, I think it was after yeah select or something like that Flowers i think was azale right was wrong sure. yeah yeah as like azale's like no no no. Uh, this is definitely the way it is Captain well Flowers. he 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 admitted that he might not know but i also feel like azale doesn't need to worry about floors usually skill floors yeah yeah he's good at like all of the games he plays every time i i talk to him about a new game i'm like what'd you think and he's like Oh, it's pretty good. And then I figure out how it worked. And I, I, like 10 minutes in, and I fucking cruise through. The difficulty wasn't hard enough. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Every game he does on max difficulty. Yeah. Ron Blade is here. Ron Blade, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Sydney, Australia. Sydney, Australia. Nice. Have you called in before? Yeah, I've been on the show a couple of times. Okay. I thought I remembered. How's Sydney right now? Uh, very wet, actually. We're getting like a month's worth of rain in one week. Oh. It's flooding. Yeah, I heard flooding? that has hurt the golf courses in Australia as well. <laughs> golf is a terrible sport. <laughs> Let's okay. go! Rod Blade, thank you uh, for calling in. What do you want to talk about on the show? I'm going to talk about how yeah. golf is the opera of um, sport. No, okay. I, so my question is actually a nice question for Jack. So how do you think your... It's, yeah, it's more of a question than a take. I, Jack, how do you think your background in traditional sports fandom translates into your casting and analysis? And how do you balance that with making the broadcast fun for gamers? Traditional sports. This guy was doing oh, Guild nice. Wars competitively. What are you talking about, traditional sports? Yeah, yeah but dude. whenever he does an interview, he's always talking about how he loves football and he loves basketball and all his analogies are from, like, uh, you know, football, Super Bowl. 1980s basketball teams that nobody... Yes, I agree. Um, no, Jet, well, one, Jet, do you have a background in sports? Have you? Did you ever do anything in sports? Or And two, yeah, back to the, the caller's question, which is... How does your passion inform your coverage? Yeah, I, I think it actually is a very large part of how I developed my original style in casting was because I was actually just trying to mimic a traditional sports broadcast, which I think in the early years definitely helped give esports a bit of a sense of legitimacy. So absolutely hugely informed. To Travis's question, I... Like I'm, I'm probably a bigger basketball fan now, but when I was like 15 to 18, I was way more into football because I played quarterback in uh, Cranbrook where I'm from. So I just like watched all of the NFL games and was always analytical and into stats in those games as well. But just like the dynamics between a play-by-play -play in color in football, how they'd always have a play-by-play -play and the color commentator is almost exclusively a former player or coach which I tried to leverage that when I first started casting because I was like the only former pro player, even though pro was much different back then. And that's how I, yeah, that's how I modeled my esports casting. And it's because I've just been a massive traditional sports fan my whole life. Mark, I don't know if you as another T-Sports fan have e anything you want to add to this. Um, I don't know. I feel like for me, T-Sports influenced my early coaching slash analyst career more than it influenced my broadcasting career. I would say YouTube and dumb shit has influenced my professional in front of the camera career more than traditional sports has. 
That's actually an interesting thing because I think the take behind this question is maybe that, uh, which is maybe a bit more antagonistic, which is to say that I feel like a lot of the times the content that I really love from any esports broadcast really is stuff that's much more League of Legends focused, I suppose, and that like dives into the game. And, and I wonder if sometimes the kind of traditional sports approach takes us away from that stuff and, and you know, doesn't play to the fact that if you're watching an, if you're watching an LCS, LEC, whatever, like you're a hardcore league fan. There's no way that you don't, aren't interested in the game. And so I wonder whether, you know, that the traditional sports background of people on various teams like pushes content away from that area. I don't know. I, I think, uh, oh, go ahead, Travis. No, no, no. no. Well, I was going to say, I like that Jet does this for other people. Uh, because whenever I'm watching players and he's like, he's like the Kawhi Leonard of uh, this, I'm always like, I have I have no fucking clue. That means nothing. You could say any name there and that sentence is, is as useful to me as possible. But I do think that there are some traditional sports fans that follow league and and esports and like i think as long as it's used sparingly which i think jet usually does a pretty good job on i think at finals there was a point in time where he said the same thing twice uh it, it, it in the opening of a show and also at the end of a show i forget what the d-holes were anyway like most of the time i think it works out really well and like especially whenever somebody whenever you're able to reference uh jet somebody that like everybody knows um even if but like a lot of the, sometimes some of the folks I, I just don't know but i i think tiger it's cool woods. yeah yeah tiger woods yeah. if you're comparing somebody like what for about five years everybody couldn't say faker without saying michael jordan in the same sentence like that got a little overused but also everybody immediately understood what that meant and so um, I think stuff like that is, is usually pretty helpful. Um, but I don't know. Do you think it, it spooks people off, Ron? Because you are, not, you are not American, presumably. You're calling from Australia with an Australian accent. I, maybe it's rude of me to just assume. But, like, is it annoying for you to ever hear people talk about, like, uh, American T-sports and have no reference? No, it doesn't annoy me. I think I'm more thinking editorially whether the kind of, if the frame for what we do is a kind of traditional sports broadcast frame, like does that push you to make different editorial decisions about segments and content and stuff, as opposed to like the frame being people who love League of Legends. And that means the content we do is maybe more like focused on the game or like random, you know, random things that relate to champions, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I will say my opinion on this is always evolving. So like, mm -hmm. um, it's changed a lot, I would say, in the last two years, where um, right towards the tail end of COVID, when Emily joined the broadcast, I had realized how bad we had become at telling player narratives. And that made me be a lot more conscious of when I talk about something, trying to make sure I'm telling it through the perspective of the player versus sometimes the champion or like things like that. Something recently I learned is that like 98% and I don't know if this data is 100% accurate but like the, the number I had gotten was some some absurd 90ish plus percent portion of the viewer base are league players. Um mm. and to your point Ron Blade about making the about the game is something that I want to do 
more of. So like when I did my shells segment this last weekend, which I forgot to tweet out, um, <laughs> like it was talking about like a two unit, like two, two champion synergy that like you could take into solo queue in theory. And like, you know, I, I probably should have done a better job tying it into you like viewers at home. Like, Hey, if you want to do this at home, just fucking do this. You know, like I, I think that those segments do carry a lot of value. Um, and so like, I'm always changing, like, is it good enough to just be funny and entertaining? Like, yeah, maybe, but like, Hey, if, if our audience has this overlap, we should tailor it towards that. Or like, if people care way more about players than they do teams, why am I talking about if this team's going to beat that team, I should be talking about the players. And like, I'm trying mm -hmm. to always evaluate like what I think is best. Mark, yeah, the realization I... really quickly. Mark, the realization you had about player narratives on the broadcast was that because Emily's so bad at telling player narratives that when she joined, you're like, oh, this is this is not good? No. What happened was we killed SOTs, and we didn't have players do you want to explain on what SOTs. SOTs. We didn't have them do anything but post-game interviews in a two-box, and we what had no SOTs? features because we were in COVID. Oh, sound on tape, which is basically like a post-match interview kind of thing or pre-match recording rather than just an interview. It's usually not like interview person. The interviewer is off camera, and it's like – yeah. You're just getting their thoughts. Anyways, the point is we had almost no players in front of the camera for like two years. And I like didn't even realize yeah. that because I'm an idiot. And like once Emily came in, I, f I don't remember if she pointed it out or she started talking about stuff. And then I realized it. I, I forget. But it was like I remember very distinctly like being like, holy fuck. I actually don't know the last time we had a player just speaking on broadcast in any like large capacity. Okay, Jet, you were going to say? I like this conversation but i also don't know how long we should talk strictly about casting because it like it literally takes it takes so many twists and turns like in 2013 when we first started lcs i felt like whenever i do educational content it would like pop off because i think there were so many new players and new viewers then but then as lcs ages you get more and more people who have been watching the game for seven years or five years or four years. And I definitely noticed that educational content, the numbers just went down and down for me. Now, maybe there's a gap for it now. And if I brought back Team Fight Breakdown or something like that, it would get like a huge resurgent engagement. But it, it's just always hard to evaluate. It's super hard to get data on. But I uh, also want to shout out Mark doing dumb shit was really good <laughs> when we did uh countdown i really liked the the like the balance we had back then when we you know pioneered the lcs pre-show type content um was a good combination of dumb shit and analysis uh I, someone in twitch chat had asked do you ever wish you had a tnt style desk and i would say countdown 2018 was the closest to like a inside the nba feel kind yeah. of thing and i think you can like you can't even keep that for like a super long period of time inside the nba is such a good desk but i was watching this i watched it with raz when we were in um spring finals we just like watched some nba playoffs and it's like they don't even do complicated shit on that desk they just have such good chemistry before the four guys like their post game is literally like a highlight package and then they talk for seven minutes and they're like, that's the best pre-show. I don't know why other people don't do that. Because they don't have fucking Charles Barkley. <laughs> like, that's why they don't do it. It's so, so funny. I, mean, I remember it's... Mark said that one time. We were on a walk or something like that. He's like, everybody compares us to this. And it's like, these are hilarious dudes that have been doing this for a decade together. Yeah. And like, it, well, it, that, that's the other thing is like, there's so much turnover on the desk. And it's yeah. like, Ch Chuck and Ernie and Kenny, 
it's been like 20 almost years. Almost 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, of course they got better. That, that reminds me a lot of, uh, at, you know, the most, one of the most popular pieces of interview content that people watch these days is hot ones. And everybody for a while, people stop doing this, but they're like, I just wish Travis interviewed like hot ones. And I'm like, oh, you mean interviewing fucking celebrities for a living that are like entertainers where they were like pre-interviewed and then the whole interview is super clipped to just be like a highlight reel of all the funniest things people said. Yes, I too wish I did those types of interviews. Uh, Travis is just salty that he's not Sean Evans. The same way that we're not Shaq, Travis needs to admit that he's not Sean Evans. Sure. If you guys admit you're not Shaq, I'll admit I'm not Sean Evans. Um, I wish you were more like Conan O'Brien, Travis. Oh, fuck. I wish just... I was like Conan O'Brien. I <laughs> yeah, love... that's, a, that's a better one. Yeah. I No, I I really, really do. I Whenever I was at Yahoo, I really wanted to film just a way less funny version of all of the videos he would do where he's interacting with his um staff and like the interns mm -hmm. and all those mm -hmm. videos like that like oh man i grew up watching conan and like there there are every now and then little bits of humor that i will try to put into things that are are kind of born from uh watching his interviews growing up but anyway yeah. we're we're just digressing into to craft stuff but look i know we even jack called this out on how long we want to spend on this but i do think the one final bit i want to get onto this is like we're talking about t-sports we're talking about how much you bring it in i do think a huge amount of the LCS broadcast like tension over the past couple of years has been when LCS first started, it was how do you create, for lack of a better phrase, the ESPN of esports where like they're going to build it out. It needs to feel professional. Like we're trying to basically establish the idea that like competitive games are just as serious as traditional sports and like we're going to do all this stuff. I feel like what's been fascinating to me in the last couple of years is now there's almost like a really big push, including for myself, but other members of the community to be like, ESPN is, uh, God, I hate this term, but cringe. And actually like the, the broadcast needs to feel like, cause the audience now, if you're trying to hit people that are in their twenties, it's no longer like none of those people watch ESPN. They don't give a shit about it. They don't have cable. So now it's like pivoting the broadcast to a different direction. So I don't know if you guys had any quick thoughts on, on this stuff. Because um, it's been such a big topic. It's not just an esports thing though. Like, almost across all sports media, lower production value is actually better. Like it's gone reverse. It, it, it spent like three decades adding polish. And then in the last five years, it's like, yeah, you actually can't be polished because then you seem fake. Yeah, Pat McAfee is a good example. The rise of podcast content, like the amount of times you're listening to like, like Bill Simmons podcast is like the most, one of the most popular sports podcasts in the world. And in the podcast that you were listening to as a viewer, he's like, uh, Kyle, turn the camera on. That's just in the podcast because they're going to go make a YouTube clip. Um, that would never be acceptable five years ago for anyone, but that's just like kind of what people want now. It's a weird, it's a weird switch. And I agree with your take. It's a, once you've proven that esports can be cool, like you don't have to prove it anymore. So what's next yeah. <laughs> and like that's a hard question yeah. to answer Th that's one thing i think people give a lot of flack for the old days where it's like it was trying to be espn because no one had done something it had like to be. yeah no one had really done like i know that there were other i'm not trying to say league was the birth of esports and like professionalism obviously when you look at lck or ogn back in the day and stuff like that like that existed before but a, a lot of um for North, North American fans, like a lot of people probably hadn't seen something like that. And to see it be so legitimate was good. But now, yeah, esports is, 
big. Twitch is big. We all fucking get it. Yeah, I mean, there was a there was a period of time I think in the beginning where all there was like almost like the nerds clamoring to get like recognition. You know, it's like no, we are cool. Like this is real. Like every time any like news article came out about league oh. esports, it would be on the subreddit and people would be like, oh my god, oh they got this wrong, they got this one, but oh my god, it's so cool that like the LA Times wrote about like league esports or something, and now. We have a fucking awesome show by uh, CBS that nobody's watching. So you know, it's it's just it's a t it's a nothing proves uh, anything anymore. Who All says right. nobody's watching, Travis? Maybe it's got a huge audience in Brazil, and you just don't realize it. Well, it's a no. good point. I, it's, maybe it's a we good should show. invest need to in Brazilian teams. Need to watch it. Okay, Ron Blade, uh, thank you so much for the call. You sent us down memory lane and side tangents and all this stuff. So it was a great topic. Uh, anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Yeah, just quickly to close it out, I just wanted to say, I don't think that, like, league-focused content, stupid shit, like, I think all these things can be combined. I think Science Speedway was, like, super fun thing that I really enjoyed that the broadcast did. LEC Pop Quiz is all about, like, champion ability names and things, and that's, like, you have to know about the game a lot to enjoy that, but then it's, you, you know, it's super fun. Like, pros don't know anything yeah. about the game they play all day. It's, like, really enjoyable, but so I just wanted to chuck that out there. But um, in terms of shout outs, shout out to players, which I'm really enjoying. I think the only thing that is not, I was, you know, obviously it feels almost so realistic that it doesn't feel like a show. I'm kind of like, it, it just feels like I'm watching, you know, one of the team's documentaries, but just with way better access and production values. <laughs> um, the only thing I will say is that I think for the other teams in the LCS where their players don't feature in the storyline so much, I feel like that's the only slight misstep is they all seem to be like 30-year-old white guys that are playing on the other LCS teams, <laughs> which, is, was the, which is the only thing that slightly jumped me. But, I, and I, but yeah, anyway, I really am enjoying the show. And shout out to that. And shout out to Mark. I was on a work call when he initially pulled me. So he was very patient with me while I... Uh, waited in the waiting room so thanks mark for still having me. yeah super thanks, super ron. patient every time i came in there and cussed you out yeah thanks <laughs> thanks so much ron blade we'll catch you next time catch ya. Bye. all right time for a quick break uh to talk about grubhub thank you so much to grubhub for sponsoring this show um i'm trying to decide right now if i just want to announce it I haven't talked I've been about doing this. so many grubhub orders from lemonade recently anyways oh, go announce really? your thing yep I need to give you um, more credit because you have a. I haven't given you credit. It's getting low. Yeah, yeah, I need yeah. some soon. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, glad to Daddy, hear it. Daddy, please. Um, yeah. Get your free lemonade orders. Uh, so shout out to Grubhub first off for doing this. Also, I think I'm just going to yolo this and say. I'm just going to say, it. we have been working on a series with Grubhub, and we've recorded the first two episodes of it. We're going to do six episodes of it this year. And it's called Dinner With. And for those of you, if there's anybody here from like far, far, far long time ago that remembers like Chipotle with Double Lift. I did like an interview with Scara. We just get food and chat over the food. Um, they're long form interviews. And uh, the first two people are Kobe. He's in episode one. And Broden is in episode two. And we shot it last uh, last week. And so it'll take a little bit to get these things out, but, but Grubhub made it possible and we order Grubhub and we eat and we just talk about stuff. Very cool, long form interviews. Um, so well, if there's people in particular you would like to have on in the show or in the show in the future, uh, please feel free to make suggestions, um, because we haven't locked in who we want for the next four episodes, but, uh, it, it's also really cool because of their support. We're able to do it 
kind of fancy. So I was part of the reason I'm sharing this is because it's the first time since I don't know, like 2019 or 2018 where TGI was able to do like a full team where we had, you know, six or seven people out there. We rented a, a pure space and had like a really, so it looks really cool. And it was awesome to be building this out as something um, that TGI was producing. So my goal for it was make it look better than the Riot Grubhub pieces. So please let me know if you think it's better. Um, but yeah, it should be should be very fun. And um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, with Broden and I, I know some of you guys don't know him, but he used to work for me and now he's become much more famous than uh, than me. He's he's joined Offline TV and is like a member of that. So we have a lot of talk and reminiscing about whenever I used to get... he. I used to get him into parties and then this past week I went to the offline TV party and he had to get me in and it, you know, it was a fun show. So stay tuned for that. We'll be, we're hoping to get one out um, sometime in July, maybe soon. We'll see how long the t- edit takes, but thank you to Grubhub for sponsoring the show and for sponsoring this and for allowing us to do some really cool stuff. Absolutely love having them on as partners. Okay. Uh, some more subs while Mark is grabbing the next caller. Kylo Zen, iNuber, Coinshot Quoth, who had uh, said that my tweet about Dragonsteel Con and Worlds is a mood. I glad, I hope I see some people at Dragonsteel Con this year if I get to go. Striker Luke, Tim Diaz, and Old Slice of Baloney. Uh, thanks, everybody. And just perfect timing. Mark is back with The Classy. The Classy, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so my take was that uh, TL will be the team to kind of go on a rampage after this two-week break, um, and they will finish first in the regular season. Sorry, they're going to go on a rampage. Yeah, like I think that they're going to they're going to do super well um, and come out clearly on top of the regular season. Why do you think this? Um, so I think that clearly they're the team with the most to lose and the highest expectations. So I think, and the players are super. Um, experienced, and so I think that they're going to be able to kind of, to kind of turn it on. Also, I think that their schedule coming up uh, kind of lends itself to that. So they do play EG next week, but they play Golden Guardians, um, and then they've got a game against or not next week, but whenever we get back from the break, Golden yeah. Guardians and IMT coming up, TSM, so some some games that I think they'll definitely win, and then I think that they're just going to um, to kind of turn it on when they need to because they're going to have to otherwise this will be a super big disappointment for them so their next set of games are golden guardians as you said and eg and then they play that following week immortals and clg so considering you know how you feel about where clg's at uh and then tsm and cloud nine in those next week so all right team liquid like teams you... oh, i was gonna I was gonna say, uh, all right, Team Liquid Jet, let's let's hear it. Is this guy right, or is he delusional? TL Copium. Um, I can see it. <laughs> I should. <laughs> There's no definitives only. You can't. Well, yeah, maybe that's the yeah. Travis angle. Yeah, just don't don't make any waves, man. I I think they will probably win the LCS, but. And that would be that would be that would be a yes. But yes, I think they're going to do that thing. However, it is very suspicious that they've had this lull in week two and three. Like that's a big red flag for me. 
I'm not going to give you a hot take, Mark. I'm in the middle. I thought they were going to win after week one. I was like, oh, yeah, they're definitely the best team exactly. they're going to win. Dude, and I then, like, the last two weeks, win. I'm like, well, I think EG's going to win. I thought they were going to win before Danny stole, like, just the mood on the desk before that Baron steal happened was like, oh, I guess TL is just going to win then. Like, this series is just going to be a TL thing. Part of it is just, like, the reputation of the players that makes you just think they're going to win because you've seen them win so many times in the past. Yeah. But... Yeah, well, Mark did I, say that Cordjay is overrated, so that might be. Ooh, uh, yeah. Was that to appease Vulcan? Uh, I had asked him about it, and I said, "You can both be an incredible player and be overrated." And I said, "Yeah, maybe there's some times where um, casters and stuff just assume that he's the best support when maybe maybe that's not true in that like a time time frame." Um, and then I did a blame you about it, but I actually was putting the heat on TL like week one where I was like, show me that you're great. Go out there and destroy kids. And they did that week one against admittedly yeah. not super strong competition, but I was like, all right, that looked really good. I'm bought in. And then they immediately flop again. I'm like, all right, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm out. I'm out <laughs> until they actually win the title. I'm off the hype. I also predict them to win a bunch of games because they're good, but like, nah. Right. You're no longer predicting them to win the title. You're like, no. you're switching to EG. Yeah, I, I was I might have done EG anyways, but like yeah. I'm hotter on EG and C9 at this point by a pretty considerable margin. I think uh TL are just like the they haven't found that next gear in basically any time except lanes when like half the teams weren't even breathing yet. Mm -hmm. Uh so I think mm -hmm. I think they're doomed. I got come back. Oh, okay. Mark's so upset with this conversation. He's just left What's your take? What's your take, Travis? No, I mean, that was my take, which was uh, what I said earlier, which is like after week one, I was like, TL wins this because they figured out their shit. And like after having this weird kind of will they won't they scenario in spring, they actually got it together during the boot camp. And when I interviewed them, they're like, oh, man, we went on this Korea boot camp. It was amazing. It solved everything. Everything's amazing. We all love each other and we're going to kill everyone. And then uh, and then they just like show up and suck in week two and in, in week three and when i say suck i mean compared to their own metric it's kind of like the core jj overrated thing but like so so now i'm now i'm just like all right this team is they can't actually get it together they're just yeah, gonna i think they're gonna could be consistently good but i still feel like eg will come in and swing or maybe cloud nine could like pop off at the end of the split once they've like had a ton of, of practice but i if i had to bet right now i'd bet eg over teal these these things are are hard to talk about, but I'll use an example of uh, I'm, I'm a true I'm a true redditor here. I read a Reddit comment criticizing something Cadrill said on an Euphoria podcast. So I didn't this, listen. This is to, a rabbit I, hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't listen to the podcast. That's right. This is the true comment. LCS fan experience. Okay, go on. Yeah, a lot of people only read comments, which is awful. But yes. I'm going to do the same thing right here, I and then it. make content about the content. Okay. Yes. Um, but this was before LEC playoffs in spring, and Cadrill had basically said, "Oh yeah, I think G2 is going to win," and the comment was like flaming him. He was like, he didn't give any good reasons. He just said he thinks Caps and Yankos are going to be good in playoffs, even though there's nothing to show in spring split that they are going to be good, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, yeah, they won playoffs. But, like, there was actually nothing you could point to in recent memory that would say that that is the case. Like, you, you, you can't point to, like, oh, yeah, remember when Bjergsen smashed lane? Like, it just hasn't really happened that much or, like... Whippo's inconsistent, or Core JJ hasn't won a title in five splits, and Santorin hasn't won a title since 2015. But like, 
there's also this like, I don't know, like intrinsic feeling that you can have when you think a bunch of good players are together, but you like, you literally can't make, you cannot make an objective case for it. Even though in the LEC Reddit comment, like Kadro was right. Oh yeah. By the way, they're going to have caps in playoffs. That's huge. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, they're going to have 4JJ. Like they're still going to have all these amazing players in playoffs. That's going to be good. It's called copium. And sometimes the copium comes through. But it's like, it's, it's somewhat based in the past, right? It's yeah, based yeah. in, it's happened before-ish. So it's not a strong argument. I'm willing to admit that. You're using uh, historical data, which well, is perhaps and less accurate these days. Yeah. You say you're a true Redditor, Jap, but I think it is right now a hot take to say TL's still going to win the split. Yeah. I, you said it's not yeah. hot, but I, I think that is a hot take that, based that off like, the current sentiment. Take. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think but a lot of people, people are cool. Enough people call me biased, so don't put that in there. Do you guys think the default for fans right now is EG? Yeah. I think so, yeah. I, I agree um, with that. I'm going to pull the chat right, the Twitch chat right now. It's just not representative of... <laughs> Empire is just audience. spamming no double if no win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to start saying that more. I don't know. I just... I, it's one of the reasons too is like you just want to be proven wrong like i want to doubt and then i want them to prove me wrong i'll be the, the fucking bulletin board material that they can dunk on when they win a title really? i think it's actually so boring if tl wins <laughs> like i, I want them to be that good if it though for like international it's like reasons yeah. and stuff you know like yeah. i don't want them to if if they win in a boring way i'll agree with you if they win by like how that hundred thieves game went, you know, where they're both just fucking doing nothing, and then they win like a five game series like that. Then I'll be fucking pissed, even if they are the, the champion. But like, I want the week one TL. Like, where where did that go? Yeah, you, no, like, exactly. You did things. I don't know. I, that is a far more like the most interesting rivalry you can have in the league right now, in my opinion, is EGTL, where like they go into finals and it's crazy, and it's like all these old decrepit players playing against <laughs> the young bucks, you know, and you've got like Jojo shit. Like you've got Soren over there being like, yeah, you know, I think that, uh, we have, we, they're, they're really good players. And so it's not something that we could ever say. And then you got Jojo picking up Mike and just being like, these guys suck and they're old and we're going to crush them. And then like those, that's the team that goes into final or that's the match that goes into finals. And then like, I don't even care at that point in time who wins as long as it's a sick five game series. But that's why like I, I want TL to be good because I want our two most our two teams that I think are most representative of like these I competing ideologies in the league and mm -hmm. competing, you know, generations or whatever to be the two teams that like are are facing off and are competing for the league. And anyway, you can check that out on the final episode of Players this split as uh, I have guest script <laughs> written for that. Oh no. Okay, where are we? Are we done with this the class uh, here, still here? Yeah. Uh, yeah Emily. The meat on the bone. Oops, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just oh. said, yeah, I think we've we've chewed all the meat on the TL bone. Emily gave one more question for, she DM me and asked, do me a solid and ask Jad if he thinks it's a good idea for NA and roster building if TL just win anyways. No, that's, that's probably not good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's probably not good. They like, threw money at the problem and it worked. Man, like, I want there to be more teams that win with players that they sign to their own org as their, like, first pro experience. That's the coolest story to me. Um, it's part of why, like, 
basketball analogy incoming. Uh, the Golden oh. State Warriors were such, like, way more interesting to watch win a title this year than when they had Durant. Because it felt like they won with their guys rather than just let's go sign the best player that grew up somewhere else. And, like, right now, TL is five of the best players that all grew up somewhere else. So, like, there's it's just a hard story to tell to make it cool. Agreed. I think that's fair. Uh, all right. Oh, wait. Hang on. I just got a message from Emily, too. This one says, do me a solid and ask Mark when he's going to start wearing deodorant on the analyst desk. Uh, Mark, I don't... Is that something that... All right, you guys can. No, the problem out. is is the diaper that I wear. Cla uh, classy, were you um, anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, yeah, shout out to Alien wearing Grubhub as always, uh, and shout out to the three of you. I really like watching your content, things like that. Also, lastly, shout out to Woo and all the boys in the Implight Discord. Thanks, guys. Fantastic. Thanks so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks. All right, we got two more callers left. By the way, I've noticed a disturbing trend with the callers. Um, for the first three and a half years that I did the show, callers basically always shouted out our sponsors at the end. And yeah. um, I don't know if they're taking it for granted yet, but I just want to let you guys know that that's like a really great way that I, I actually renew this show. And so um, our next caller is here. Carlitos is here. Carlitos, where are you calling from? Hey, what's up? I'm calling from Portland, Oregon. What would you like to talk about on the show tonight? Yeah, so a bit of a hot take here. I'm going to say using stats for anything other than narratives is borderline trolling. It's a little uh, background or context to this. So I work as like a data analyst, so really into analytics, did a math degree, really love statistics and whatnot. Um, but I think with the way like league works and whatnot, like there's just so much dirty data, like you can't really isolate a lot of like instances and variables and like it's just really hard to draw like real insights and so we rely on people who are like pros and whatnot to use their like eye test and intuition um and so i think stats are really cool for narratives but like good teams have players with good stats bad teams it's really hard to have good stats for players so yeah i would just like to say in this moment Fuck you to everyone who comments and says we don't ever have good callers because this show has had banger callers tonight. Okay. So you you say just enhance it. Just use the stats for the narratives and that's it. You don't actually really. Let me ask you, Carlos. Do you believe that people can moneyball in LCS? Is there a way? Like, can, can you do, like, based off of this, I know you say you can only use it for uh, narratives, but should stat, should teams be looking at stats or using stats to try to find talent? I mean, I, I think like solo queue, maybe. I think I think my problem is more around like really trying to use stats to decide like who the best player in the LCS is. Like if you're if you're Bjergsen, oh, maybe Bjergsen's a bad example since TL's been losing. Uh, but like if you're on the best team, like you are just always gonna have better stats. Like you're winning. Like of course you're gonna have better stats, you know? Um, so, I think that's more my issue. And so trying to moneyball like and try to pick up the best players in the league just based on their stats, I think is like a bit troll. But maybe if you're looking at so Okay, so stuff. so so money moneyball's horseshit and anyone who tries to tell you otherwise is obviously <laughs> trolling. Like we don't like especially in the league scene, I think I think everyone can can get along with that. That's not a spicy take. Um but not but wanting Brad to Pitt. use stats for any analysis is what you're basically saying. 
there, there's, a, there's a spectrum between like stats is the holy grail, which is like the, the money ball approach. And then there's don't fucking talk stats. And you're kind of in that one actually saying don't do it at all other than just being like, well, this guy's leading the league in kills. Cool. You know, like you just want it as like little factoids, but you don't want any actual like analysis. Yeah, I mean, I think looking at certain outliers is really cool. So for example, like you look at UULCS last year or the year before, um, and Alfari was on the 10th place team, but like had crazy good stats, like was what on like first team all pro top laner. Um, I think like that is super cool. And like stats there mean a lot because like you should be towards bottom of the pack being on the last place team. So the fact that you even have good stats like means a ton. But like, I think you have to put in some sort of weight. Like if you're on a good team, of course your stats can be a little good and so you have to kind of weight it down. So I just think blindly looking at the stats there is like pretty troll. I have a, I have a lot of feelings about this, so I shouldn't go first. I feel like Jack yeah. should go first. Yeah, or someone else should go first. I, well, and Travis, I don't think really uses stats I loved your much. energy. No, I actually do I... have some, some stuff to chime in on with this stuff because I think it's really fascinating. Uh, here, I'll, I... I'll just throw this out here to set context and then you guys can like nerd out yeah. between the two of you. Okay. I think what's most fascinating to me about this take is that we just had EG win and EG is heavily pushing their uh, stuff, it, their data right now and how much they use today. So like they just did that. Uh, so Nicole just did on the 20th of June, an article with Washington Post came out where it's titled Evil Geniuses Wants Data, Not Money to Determine Success in Esports and uh talking a lot about how they've been using uh data and i know this is broader than just league and so maybe we should only talk about league but it's just fascinating to me because you have and they're not the only ones um but like in this for instance she's talking about how in league of legends they have tools that can uh simulate pick and ban probabilities and how they draft um and how like you shouldn't necessarily have to rely on a coach's intuition or be completely reliant on a coach. There's just like a bunch of stuff in here about how they're doing this. They have a side business called Factor that they have pushed as like a, a big data thing for for esports, especially league. And then like, again, there's these other teams that have also talked a lot about data, 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 and stats, 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 oftentimes with uh, corporate partners involved. But I, yeah. I think it's just, it's fascinating to see the dichotomy of this. And that's, I wanted to set that context because people might not know before both of you guys talk about how stats and data is useless. Yeah, I would say that I would hard disagree that any use of stats is trolling. I think I agree with that. I would say that of big sports, if we're just going to lump it in with, you know, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, basketball, league has the worst stats by far. By far. So there, you have to try really hard like you, I test is the number one, but you actually also have to eye test stats. But they, I actually do think they can help. There's a few that that end up being useful once you've eye tested them. Because even like, even let, let's let's take baseball, who has what many people consider like the best possible stats because it's such an isolated game. Like in the '90s, people cared about RBIs, which was like the most trap garbage baseball stat ever. It was like literally how many batters have you had run home which is completely dependent on how good the rest of your team was because they were on base in the first place right but people literally thought like oh yeah we got to get this guy he had 100 rbis like he's super good so like even in games with good stats you can interpret 
stats wrong. Well, and it, like in baseball, the fucking place that you play at matters. Like you just can't hit home runs in like certain places as easily as others. And so a bunch of people had juiced up numbers because they played in stupid fucking fields that made it yeah. super easy and, and things like that. So like every everything's going to have factors that if you don't control for properly, you fuck up. And this is my big take with stats is that as much as we like to pretend stats are an objective measure of reality, which they are, the person who sets how you measured reality is a human. And so the person who sets what stat you want is a human. The person who determines how you interpret that number is a human and what it means is a human. And so any num like problem you have with stats is almost entirely based off the person who either made the stat or the person who's reading the stat to you and what they're trying to, that's the conclusion that they're trying to draw. Um, you can have garbage stats because you just made a stupid stat. Like, CSD at two minutes. Okay, that's a fucking stupid stat. It's been one wave. I really don't care. Maybe it'd be a fun fun thing to talk about. Like, who wins level one push the most? But then, like, the thing that you have to factor in with League is champions and uh, starts. Like, did that? does this team fucking leash for their jungler every time? Because their jungler's a greed lord who starts on blue buff and you gotta... Or, like, boss side of the map and you gotta... You gotta Which, weirdly, Mark, it's a useless stat, but it could actually inform. Like, it's a shortcut to noticing something. Right, and that's that yeah. I think is, is the big thing that stats do is they they fix a lot of your biases if you're using them correctly. I can assume that someone's really good because I, I, I watch them, but like maybe there's some part of their game that I'm not noticing that, that, that they're actually quite bad at. Or vice versa, a player that I don't think is very good is actually doing quite well. Like Alifox is someone who I largely ignore, but then when I was digging into his numbers, I realized he actually has really good kill participation. Uh, he is around his jungler a lot. And then when I rewatch the games, it's because he's like sacking waves, even though his CSD is dog water, his goal difference isn't that bad because he influences the map with contracts. Um, and he sacks his individual farm to like go make plays. And like, I'm using stats as partly narrative to tell the story of how he plays the game, but that also is still analysis at the same time. And so like, I think you can use stats intelligently. And a lot of the times that people have problems with it, it's, it's really the people and like, Sometimes as a broadcaster, it's my communication of my own thought process is poor. Like I could, I could reach a good conclusion, but I skip a bunch of the steps because I have two minutes to talk about it. And I don't, I can't show myself digging around in spreadsheets for two hours and then be like, that's how I did it guys. You know, like you kind of just say the thing. Um, and I think that's what some people in chat like Ender were talking about, like the way broadcast uses stats is inherently going to be a little different than how a team can use stats and some of their like advanced metrics and, and things like that. Carlitos, your rebuttal to yeah. all of this. Bring him down. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I think that, like, makes a lot of sense. Um, I think where, like, I would largely, like, disagree is, like, when, like, teams try to do, like, the hot buzzwords of, like, they use machine learning models or, like, these data <laughs> yeah. scientists and stuff. Like, literally, as somebody who, like, does that, like, that, that's actually fucking stupid. Like, you can, like, you won't be able to convince <laughs> me that, like, they're getting real insights from that. Like, and I think, like, what you're saying, like, totally makes sense of, you use the stats to like make you think to look in an area. And then like you were saying with Palafox, like it made you look at him and he passed your eye test, you know, but like his stats mm. didn't suddenly make him this inherently good player. And for you to really know he was good, he had to pass your eye test. So like, you know, I would like definitely agree with what you're saying. Like stats can definitely inform you like where to look for that eye test. Um, but yeah, I think all the like, especially the machine learning and data science shit is like, that's actually troll. Carlitos, have you... I, yeah, I think. Can you explain really quickly yeah. why it's... for for Because I know Mark and Jet yeah. are, are big data folks, but we have a lot of people who don't... Why is that stuff troll? 
Yeah, so I think um, when you're working with data, like the big thing is you want sample size and you want really clean data. And so part of having clean data is having data that you've collected in very like isolated scenarios that don't have things that could be affecting it. And so it's something with league where you have 10 players on a map and every stat is like really interconnected with each other um, and just very small sample size across actual games in the LCS. There's just not enough data or information for a model to really think and come up with real conclusions. And so I think that's like why it's super troll. And in a lot of the times in machine learning things, you have to like train the AI mm -hmm. to know what to think. And that is going to weight it to think certain ways. And then like all these problems that he's talking about, like a lot of the times you're just telling it what to think anyways. And then like confirmation biasing yourself because you used data that you already thought was like, like it's, it's very, like a lot of people trap themselves with machine learning things by like, how they train the AI to then try and read the new data and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's a fucking mess. So yeah, I have one, true. like a machine's not smart enough to think like, oh, it's winning a ton. Like we should purposely lower the stats a degree. Like this player is only getting this good of stats because they're winning. I have one tiny tangent here, which is, uh, one area that I do think that they could use a lot of this data on it. At least I'd like to gut check Carly this against us. So my understanding is that in T sports, especially in NBA, they use data a ton to figure out the best way to build a show and a broadcast and to sell seats and to get people engaged and all this stuff. And from my understanding, this is an area where Riot, a, a digital company with access to theoretically far more data than the NBA could have, given how so much, so much of NBA viewership is on um, traditional television and or T television and uh, at bars and all that type of stuff. Like, I, I'm curious if you think that a lot of that data could be used to help build um, better shows and broadcasts and to know how long to have ads and all that type of stuff. I think definitely, yeah. So it's much more in like the marketing analytics and whatnot, which I think is a really developed, like well-developed space, um, which also makes it really good for this sort of thing. Like even the company at now, like we do random live streams for products we do and we do analytics on that and whatnot. So I think there's definitely a lot more of a place for that. But like esports, there's just not an, as much of an analytic scene built up in that way. Whereas like marketing and broadcast stuff there is and would love to see right do that. You know, hit Does me your up. company would your company be able to <laughs> to work for them? You know, uh probably not, but maybe. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fantastic. Thanks um, so much for the call. Oh, Mark, one, one final thing I want to shout out yeah. is like the people making stats is also really important. I, I hope teams do intelligent things because you can you can usually just like grunt work to the point about like having machines do it. I don't or like all those buzzwords. I don't like that. But uh, I remember the funniest stat that I ever heard was one day Parth just sat behind Wild Turtle and scrims watching him play Ash and how often he would just shoot his fucking arrow up mid lane to be like one in ten. I hit him and we can maybe get a flash and. Parth counted like for a week how often it was something like that how often he actually connected these and it was like two and he was like just hold it in lane for fucking presence you idiot you know it was so funny hearing him tell this story about how he had to like because because turtle didn't believe him you know he was like no no no, this is so much better this way and then he actually like you know crunched the numbers did the stats of how often his rando arrows actually hit anyone and he was like this is such a waste of a cooldown just hold it you have more presence in the game by holding it thank you so much carly stats for the call help. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our last caller? 
yeah shout out to the sponsors alienware and grubhub uh shout out to you guys for you know a fun conversation and chat uh and shout out to my boy austin i'm pretty sure he listens so glad i uh got on here shout out to austin thanks so much carly we'll catch you next time yeah thank you see ya all right, we are off to our last caller. Uh, Endercast in the chat sent a prime and said, according to stats, not enough people are using their Twitch Prime subscription to Twitch.television. Travis Gafford, come on, Tra- or people do better. So there you go. Uh, thank you to Spencer Neutron, tier three sub for 51 months. Uh, Pokemon has a lot of those. I have one, and it's you, Spencer. Uh, Chula Pakraba and Hello. Retropaint and Farmer Ginge. Thank you, everyone, for the subs. Okay. Omar is here. Omar, where are you calling from? Hello, I'm calling from Ontario, Canada. Ontario, nice. Canada. How sad are you about the... Were you going to go to Worlds? Very, very sad, actually. I'm very sad about the news. Um, I'm so sorry. What uh, is it what you're calling on about, or what did you want to talk about tonight? Uh, I'm actually calling about a different topic, and that's uh, CLG will finish top three and go to Worlds this year. Oh, boy. Oh boy, here we go. I've right? just been saying so much good stuff about our callers and then All right, so top 3. Where do you think are you think they're placing third if you had to bet? Yeah, I think so. Okay. What is giving you this confidence? Because this past weekend like you could have called it last week with this take and I think Yeah, I would have hopped off the the hype train last weekend, but yeah. I I still believe I believe in Dokla. I believe in Luger. I mean, Luger's been good all year. Um and then the resurgence of contracts. Uh, I mean, I don't want to do the classic rundown every player, but yeah. you know, you know how it goes. <laughs> the classic. No, it is the classic. <laughs> for you, know. you ask them, and then they literally do every single player. It's thank you. You, you can tell you're a seasoned Hotline League viewer by realizing <laughs> that. Um, um, so you just think the players are good, and and that's, I, I think it'll be EG, TL, C9, and then CLG. That's the top four, and then I'm hoping that CLG can win it out and be in the top three. And who would they replace? C nine in that scenario? Uh right? They would replace Hundred Thieves in that case. Oh, Hundred Thieves. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Um, so so it's EGTL and Cloud Nine with CLG all in top four. That's my take. Final quick question: What is giving you hope after this weekend where they went zero two against like their main competition, kind of in C nine and and uh, TL? I don't know. I just believe. I wish I had a better answer. Faith age, baby. You don't have All faith. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I will. Here, I'll help the caller out by saying they fucking had COVID. Like, Contracts was tweeting about how I painful it was and how fucked up he was while playing. And, like, I actually think there's a separate conversation we don't have time for on this episode to talk about, like, the weirdest where you can have a player on your team have, like, be just really, really sick and still have to play them. Uh, or that's where we're at in the league. But. I I think that you can you can argue that the team is playing in a pretty huge deficit right now because of where they were um, this week where they weren't able to be on stage where they were at least contracts was sick I don't know who else is sick but um, that's that's why they get the pass for this week maybe Jet what? do you have any CLG faith still no none <laughs> no damn we, did you have any. At any point I'm trying time? to hold myself back. I have so many like pithy one-liners. Ooh, Can ooh, you give us, give one us of some. Yeah. Like hit me. Like oh, contracts had COVID and that made him play like normal. 
because he made the same mistakes in that game as he did in all of spring split. And it sucks. I, I had COVID as well, like when I got stuck in Germany for MSI. So maybe it actually did uh, hurt them a lot. Um, and I think they ha- they actually are improved, but I see them being like a eight win team. Says the- I did once have COG faith, actually. There was a split when I put them first. When they signed oh, Raynor. Oh, that was the worst. When dude. they signed Raynor. That was a bad call. That was a really bad You're call. still reeling from that. Oh, oh yeah. I remember Never that. Again. Never again. Because we I think every it got memed on all split long. It's it's yeah. Well, and they didn't just like they weren't the number one team. Like they were awful. It was meant uh, to be a spicy pick, and then they finished like seventh. Yeah. Here's what happened. At the first week of Hotline League this split. I like we had a caller that called in said they believe in CLG and then I popped off and I was like no I don't believe in them they're uninteresting it's not worth talking about them blah blah blah. Mark was very upset with me for that take yep. and scolded me and yep. then the next week in week two they looked really good again and Dokla came on the show and I apologized and now I'd like to rescind my apology because oh, then they do here. this in week three, and I should have known. I should have just they stuck with it. Played EG. And been they're like, they're fucking TL. imposters. They're, they're fucking imposters. imposters. Mark, are they going they're... to Worlds? No, but no one said they were, other than the caller like said this. they would. Right now, we're have somebody no right one, now who's no, saying no, they but will. None of the analysts were saying that. Like, Raz was like, yeah, sure, they're in my top five with a gun to his head. He said that. You know, like, I, I said that they deserved credit for, for pulling themselves up out of, like, the dumpster. From like and, and going from eighth to six with just Dokla coming in, which is probably where I think they're gonna land, like six, is still an improvement. And I think it's cool to talk about. I didn't I don't have to this is the whole problem, Travis, is if a team's not top three, you think there's literally nothing to talk That's about. That's not team. true at all. That's not true at all. I've then talked to, I've been very excited about a lot of other teams before that are not top three. Why why are you not interested in CLG now just because they dropped two games to the other top teams in the league? I'm still I'm yeah, more Travis. interested than I am I, than I was in in week one, but I will say it, it does feel very. I do feel a little baited, where like I was told <laughs> to get on the hype train and stay on the hype train, and then after week two it fucking crashed. The moment you just was, didn't I know what you bought a ticket for. Just read the ticket when you buy the hype train ticket. What is it did the not hype, say top pit, three? What is the what is the hype train for this mark? T- top six, not top three. You got on so the I should hype be train. Ex- I should be excited if CLG gets sixth place this split. Yeah, when they were eighth before, and they looked terrible, and other teams made roster moves around them, and all they did was bring in Dokla, and, and Palafox, and contracts were playing better. Like, yeah, you can be excited about that. It's okay to be excited about a team and players doing okay. It's okay. This team was 10th a lot. So sixth <laughs> is a big improvement. All right, I get so it, I get it. We I get have it, to read just Raz's... Like... I have to read Raz's Twitch message. It's so funny. He goes, I think they're top five because the bottom six sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But if there's a that then they're in the bottom six if they're just top five breaths. <laughs> <laughs> the math doesn't work. Uh okay. Uh let's <laughs> he goes, No, that's my point. Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean the, the point is that there's a, there's a clear top four and whoever's in your fifth spot is like a step down. And if CLG's fifth versus six, you know, like it's it's all pretty competitive. And I just think no, it's fun. It's a fun. It's fun to see where they're gonna land. I think they'll bounce back, and then other people will be like, "Oh wow, look, they're, they're not, who are they play next week." Immortals, Dub, Hundred Thieves, they go one and one. They still got a positive record through the first round robin at five and four. I want to see them do more swapping. The only way they get to top three is if they do more swapping. Like 
this team has like a hundred coaches and an academy team and an LCS team. And you think they should play they the coaches? Be, they sure. Let's <laughs> get them in there. No, I, I just mean like when if contracts actually has COVID, like throw your academy guy in there. Like you should have enough familiarity with the systems you run as a team and have like enough collaboration with your like 20 person staff that they can pull that out. Yeah, Cause I, I hand, still believe that academy teams were at, are at used. this company at the beginning of this year. Or the They're all new. Year. They're yeah, all exactly. new people. Yeah. So that maybe that's an argument for why things aren't as solidified over there. I don't know. All right. Omar, thank you so much. I'm sorry. I don't, what do you really quickly? What do you think of all of our reactions to this? Uh, I don't know. The jerseys look sick. That's all I got to say back. Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much. Anything, anything you want to shout out before we say goodbye? Uh, Alienware and Grubhub. I mean, it's called skip here, but wish the code worked. Uh, I started a league esports show called a week in league. Check it out. That's what it. What do you talk Thanks. about? Uh, I cover all the four major regions, like on a weekly basis. Were you the one that posted yeah. it to Reddit? A while I ago? did. Yeah, that's me. I saw your thread. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I made go it check to top it out. 10. A week in Thanks, league. Thanks, um, all right. Thanks so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. All right. So that is the show. Mark Zimmerman, what do you want to plug? What do you want to shout out? Uh, not, not, nothing. Just get me out of here. I was about to shout out Resin Refresh coming out tomorrow. We had we had a good episode with Emily on it. Um, blame Game? I don't know when it's coming out this week. I haven't done it yet. How do you uh, want to handle the fact that there's no league next week for you to blame I, game. I'm going to do idea? one this week for sure. It's just like, it's, it's going to be like a little delay probably coming out on Thursday. Yeah. Um, next week, I think I just want to see if there's anything to cover news wise. Okay. And, and maybe just do a news one. TSN I'm also going to be doing, I'm also going to be doing some other, like I'll probably do one of the drunk player rating streams. It's not 4th of July. I used to do them on 4th of July, but I have, like extra time off, so why not just get day drunk and slap arbitrary numbers on players? Because when it was you and Scar doing that, it didn't seem sad. But if it's just you drunkenly alone in a room, like well, it's Cope. You guys are you guys are leaving. We're going I don't to Vegas. Know we invited you to Vegas. You're welcome to go with us. Jet, by the way, if you want to go to Vegas, a bunch of us are going to Vegas. It's not your yeah. scene, I don't think, but I, maybe there's golfing out there. I don't know. There is. There's, a, there's, there's golf. actually a lot of golf in Vegas. And a lot of semi-professional golfers live in Vegas because there's two TPC courses and no state income tax. Well, Housing's also really cheap. Yeah. If you want to come out to Vegas, we're, we're leaving on, on Thursday. Ender's going. And uh, did I not invite Emily? You can come. I invited Kelsey. I don't, I, I guess I didn't invite you. Um, but Emily, you didn't we just do... talk about how on Resin Refresh, how we always are supposed to invite you and Mark, and then like you guys always tell us to fuck off. So... I should now no one invites me to things says the woman who never says she's going to go whenever you invite her. Um, sorry. You want to go? Jack? Anyways, I actually have plans. I'll tell you about them after. Um, after what? Yeah. Oh, after the Mark's show. Said? I'm not going to. Okay. Yeah. You don't want to say Ma them now? No. Well, I'm going to keep the stream on. So <laughs> I'll DM you. I don't know. Okay. okay uh, yeah. Do Play I get to do shout outs? Do yes. I get to yeah. do shout outs? Yeah, okay. I'm going to stream some point this week. I'll probably be drunk. But I have to do Blame Game first, so I don't know if that's Wednesday or Thursday. The end. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Check out JLXP, the YouTube sensation of 2022. Everybody's watching it. I talk about League. 
and sometimes other stuff, but mainly league. Otherwise, I'd churn the viewers. JLXP Jet League Experience. That's the name the, of the show. The Joshua Leesman yeah. Experience because he needs to make league content to talk about NBA content, and he just slowly is going to, like, the, the, the ratio yeah. is slowly going to shift until it's just an NBA podcast. NBA and the golf. Ins- Whenever I look at the viewer analytics and, like, my golf or or NBA conversation peaks up, I'm making its own channel. Like that's, that's going to happen. You don't even need um, that. You just need it lowest whenever the demographics move from twenties and early thirties to forties and fifties. And then you're, yeah. you'll know that you've have shifted your audience. If anyone knows some good title sponsors as well, I'm in the market. <laughs> I, I noticed this is Grubhub and Alienware. That would be interesting. Uh, second shout out golf stuff. I would love to be able to do a what's in the bag with sponsored golf clubs to tell you how good they are or a golf bag. That would be cool too. People asking, I'm currently at a, at a five handicap. I've been golfing a lot. Jack needs an agent is what he really needs or what someone if to I help just, him. What if I just, uh, for in 2023, I negotiate my sponsors into paying for JLXP and then it just ends up on the TG channel and slowly but surely I just vacuum up every third party piece of content until it would be an I interesting strategy. Yeah. And then you get acquired by the Lolly Sports YouTube channel. And <laughs> Jet, I'm I'm doing I'm already performing better than their content, okay? Like and, and uh, it's been a rough me. it's been a rough year for that channel. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> it is. Well, oh, I've well, got some see. ideas for them if they ever need. Um yeah. all right. My shout outs are I'm going to Vegas with Ender and Raz and Kobe and Captain Flowers and Ovali and a bunch of people. Parth is also going, which is a fun addition. Whoa. Yeah, you should go, chat, Parth. Whoa. Anyway, um, and uh, it's gonna be a bunch of us taking the weekend off and going out there. So what I need from all of you is if you're listening live or on YouTube or on podcast, go to my Twitch channel and drop your Prime sub because I'm going to lose a lot of money and I need to be able to pay rent. Anyway, that's it. Hotline League, everyone. Thanks, chat, for coming on. Uh, We'll see you all next week for a special episode of Hotline League, which we haven't figured out yet, but there won't be anything to talk about, so we'll have to come up with something. Talk about TSM rumors. So I've been listening to ESPN AM radio. They somehow managed to talk about the Lakers 24 hours a day. So I think you could make a two-hour TSM podcast, no problem. It's It's not a bad idea. But yeah. the thing is, nobody cares about the TSM anymore. So that's part of the problem. Everybody, dude, are you kidding? Anything with the name TSM doubles the performance. Of it used to. It used to, but it has it has degraded a lot in the past eighteen months. Okay. All right, it we used can debate to be that insane. later. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. Let's. Uh, the end of the podcast is. Oh, now. Mark, it's we've hit nine twenty three. He's having his panic moment. All right, goodbye, everyone. Thanks, Jat. See y'all later. <laughs>